Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's night. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 from our sarcophagi here. That's, that's what I guessed it was going to be. You guessed sarcophagus? Yeah, I did. You're I literally was going to say sarcophagus. Sarcophagus? Sarcophagi, I like though. Is so, that I mean, the plural? To be fair, there are a finite number of, you know, mummy references. That's that's kind of, you guess I sarcophag- fully agree. I was like, our sarcophagi. I thought you, I thought you say, might say coffin. Yeah, I no, like, that's what I figured. I figured you would think tomb. No, I thought sarcophagus. Um... Just We're to doing be clear, our sarcophagi are here in 2018. And I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I'm Phil Lisko. And today with us, we have Keely Flaherty. That's, it's good that you put a question mark at the end. It really Flaherty? adds it. Flaherty? <laughs> Flaherty? It really keeps the listener guessing. Yes, well. Like, is it really Keely Maybe. Flaherty? Keely Flaherty. Well, yeah. Usually this is when we cut to act two. So we're going <laughs> to. That was our act break. We're going to do our ad for. For the Nothing. one thing we have had for, I don't think there's no. Keely is an editor of BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. Um, she's film and TV editor, the senior editor. Yeah, fact. senior. And she's above. She's above nope, people. The, I'm not the. I'm not the, the sole one. Okay. Well, whatever. The really trying to manage people's expectations here. <laughs> <laughs> she is the biggest mommy fan we know. This, I mean, truthfully. When I reached out to Keely and said, do you want to come? This was the first movie you asked for. I, I don't know what the other ones were. I though. don't remember either. I think that but I got like confused about what the podcast was in general. And I was like, you know, WWE Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, Twister. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. mostly yeah. what it is. That's pretty much it. And it's also about my kids occasionally. But yes. Oh, fun. Yeah. Fun, fun. So I can't wait I'm just going to go. This is not good. No, lovely kids. I will say this, though. The Mummy does come up often. When I reach out to people to say, like, 
lots of people want to talk about The Mummy. So much so that I probably haven't seen this movie since 1999. And... I was pleasantly surprised to watch it again and sort of understand why people love this movie as much as they do. Oh, it's fantastic. It's like best movies of all time. Number one, Twister. Number two, The what? Mummy. Okay. That's it. That's the whole You do list. need to explain yourself a little bit no, about Twister. Don't. Twister, I get. Mummy, not so much. Really? Twister's a great movie. I feel like the only thing this better- This is the best part of Twister. I don't know what that I is. I don't get oh, it. Oh, when they find out it's an F5 and the guy's like an F5 and he oh. drops his keys. Oh, Jesus see, Christ. I thought you were going to be like, yeah, what? it's the finger of God. It's finger That's of God. what I thought you F5, were going to do. F5, finger of God. Because really? that's the best part. Oh, Twister's a good oh, movie. It's, seriously, the only thing better than watching a hot mummy chase Rachel Weisz through the desert is watching an evil tornado chase Helen Hunt her whole life. So, so I would, ar- I <laughs> like would it argue forever. It hunts like, her it her forever. Right. You're making a great point about Twister, obviously. <laughs> oh, um, let's just talk about Twister. I don't know how I you mean, can call that person a hot mummy when he is very clearly a hot man. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he's not really a mummy. He's not a mummy. He's, he's a, a mummy. He's a mummy. He's a mummy for a little bit, though. He's he like a CG is. kind he's of a great skeleton-y CG thing. Yeah, so he's a great mouth that can open really oh wide. God, the mouth is absurd. I agree. But he that, does have a great that, mouth. He's got a great mouth. <laughs> great for kissing. Is it? Uh, well, I mean, no, he, it's not because he spits flies out of it too. But beetles, um, locusts, beetles. Yeah. He sees beetles. They're not no, scarabs. I think there's. I think the locust. There's two. There's two things. There's beetles and there's locusts. I'm learning so much already. <laughs> Jesus, Keely. <laughs> let's take a step back yeah. because the fans really want to know about you. Oh, Everyone sure. wants to know about yeah, you, yeah, Keely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Keely, where were you in 1999? I was 10. I was 10 years old. I remember that I could not, my parents wouldn't let me see the mummy when it was in the theaters, which is like really strange because they would let me see movies like last of the Mohicans. Like that was definitely one we had on VHS and watched a lot. Like I was watching Buffy. So it wasn't like a violence thing. I don't know. It was just like, this isn't any scarier than Buffy. Parents sometimes just don't understand. Parents sometimes (laughs) just have things like my parents for some reason wouldn't let me watch Jurassic Park and I didn't see Jurassic Park until I was 16, 17, 18 something like really? that because uh-huh. I didn't see it in theaters the dinosaurs? did you not watch it out of guilt or did you just not get around to it no he was too scared his parents had really incepted him with the fear of Jurassic Park you guys are probably going to hate this Oh I just wasn't that interested no that's fine I never like it when people don't like kind of pop culture cornerstones mm-hmm. or like don't vibe with them, I just think it's so pretentious when people are like, why? Like you have to. It's yeah. like, okay, you're not into dinosaurs when you're a kid. Like, that's fine. I think like, I do think it's now having seen it. I think it's a very good movie. I, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad movie. I just never felt like I gotta see this movie. In fact, one of the big reasons I didn't feel like I, I had to see the movie it didn't get great reviews. Really? It got, it got it above didn't get average great reviews. reviews. Yeah. You know, like, the all the other movies this is a very weird little tangent. But the other movies that it beat on the box office list at the time, Star Wars, E.T., E.T. those movies were Oscar nominees. Yeah. Sure. And then Jurassic Park comes out. It was well received, but it wasn't like I, I was such a it was even I was like a nerd in 1993. I'm like, well, I don't know. Ebert didn't love it, so forget <laughs> it. But Ebert didn't love it because he loved Jaws. And he was like, they showed the dinosaurs. Oscar too nominated. Early. Uh, yeah, no, I know, but that's the thing. Don't, like, don't you know that it's Oscar nominated? I do know film? that Jaws is Oscar nominated. No, sure get out. Give whenever. me your headphones. Leave. <laughs> Would you just, did you just re- reference another Oscar nominee? Mm-hmm. Get out, of course. Oh. Oh, Jesus. Whenever there's an Oscar nominee reference, uh, we have to say it's an Oscar yeah, nominee. That's, that's the rule of film uh, podcasts. Jurassic Park <laughs> was an Oscar nominee, by the way, many times over <laughs> below the line. Just saying. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh-huh. I mean, no, so, yeah. is, so, so is like Norbit. But <laughs> no, it's actually not. Norbit was definitely Oscar nominated. He got a makeup nomination. Below the line. It got a Normination? A Normination. Are you kidding me? Hey, I'm sorry, Norm- it's a Norbination. Uh-huh. <laughs> Keely, we've gone so far afield. I yeah. know. I'm sorry. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Ohio. Okay, where in Ohio? I grew up in Athens. Do you yeah, know sure. Athens? Well, it's Southeastern is no. where Ohio University is. Okay. Not Ohio State University, the big one. Yeah, like Ohio the University. Little yeah, how do you know that? Mm, you know. I don't. No, just what she you asked. Do. I yeah. I mean, you know, I know most of this stuff through sports. Okay, uh, all right. Yeah. So you know, not that Ohio State, not that Ohio University, like has a very prominent sports program. No, we're real middle of the line. But there is a football program there. There and, is. You know, it comes up. So. We tailgate. It's You're cool. Like dark it's green, something like that. Yeah. Oh my god. Did you go there? I didn't. Okay. My brother did, but I went to NYU. Okay. Cool. So the Ohio University of the East. Exactly. That's what that's, 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 that's what's most popularly known as. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So you were in Ohio. I was in Ohio. When did you leave? Was it university that you left Ohio? Yeah, I, I was telling Phil, it's so funny to me, like when his Canadian unexpectedly comes out. Like university. it doesn't happen that often when he's like, I was at university. And I'm like, oh, he's Canadian. I forget. I yeah, well. <laughs> should, should we tell her the famous case of when your Canadian came out? And all it's Justin Trudeau porn, it's, it has, it's the Justin Trudeau porn. <laughs> yeah. That's what yeah. it is. That's yes. what it is. <laughs> um, we'll leave it at that. I have yeah. a question we don't, No one wants to have this no, discussion. I, I don't know why I feel. I was talking to someone last night. Uh-huh. About how Canada should annex us. Yeah. It'd be pretty sweet. We'd be kind of like a we'd be kind of like a cat sitting on top of America with a tail hanging down if they annexed Washington, Oregon, and California. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, I see oh, what it took okay. a second, like but a yeah. Big cat. Yeah. But sitting on a top really big yeah. cat and the tail hanging down, it would be or dope. like Davy Crockett's hat. But yeah. Yeah, yeah or Crockett's sure. hat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um all really great visuals. <laughs> and the, uh, and the, the, the topic of conversation turned to our ignorance of Canada. Obviously, we sure. never think as Americans. Sure. Who was Canada's first prime minister? Ooh. Johnny McDonald. And is, 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 does, does this person, a does man, this, I assume, have, is a man. Does he have the kind of the. No. That's, he's not a George he's Washington. He's not the George Washington figure. of Canada. Who is? I don't know that if there is a George Washington of well, Canada. Who's the guy? I mean, because. You have to remember too that like it was it was, it was a, a British colony. I know, right? It, so it it didn't have that. There must type be. Of, is it Pierre Trudeau? I mean, are you asking who's the the, the, the prime most minister? Prominent. That's well, yeah, Pierre Elliott like, Trudeau. It's Pierre Trudeau for sure. Wow. Aren't they more like the Kennedys though? Isn't that a more apt comparison for the Trudeaus? I mean, I because well, his son is now. Yeah, I, I or guess. Or they kind of have that like glossy. They're all like you know, good looking, good looking, and but they're he all was super also, famous. He, he had. He had a very long tenure, which is that he was the prime minister for quite some time. Came back, then he right? stopped, and then he came back. So he's the Grover oh, Cleveland there's no, of Canada. He's, there's no, there's no term Sorry. limitations in Canada. Do you, what a relief. Do you really want to have this fucking <laughs> conversation? You I don't know. I, I, the only other question I want to ask, because I don't know the answer uh, to this, is how you guys know each other. We met on Twitter. We did meet Phil on Twitter. Phil and I met on Twitter back yeah. when I lived in New York. Um, yeah, I guess. Before I, it's I moved that, here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you moved here, and then we got drinks, and we hung out. Yeah, and then we hung out. Yeah. And then we disappeared from each other's lives for a while because we both yeah. got super busy. Yeah, that sounds about right. And now we have a lot of unspoken friendship tension. We do. We have a lot. We're going to work Friendship tension? Through the mummy. Sounds like I, I listen, By the, the way, I'm, question. No, no, no. I'm excited. Let's go back to the Trudeau family. <laughs> let's go back to the mummy. Or let's, <laughs> let's go to the mummy for the second time. Oh, sure. Um, all right, so we kind of got into why you chose this second greatest movie ever made. Yeah. Um, but is, is there anything else about the mummy? Like, like truthfully, because I mean, second best movie ever made. That's a hilarious joke. Uh, what is <laughs> not it? as good as your, your Cleveland joke. 
That was a no, that Grover was a Cleaver? good joke. <laughs> that was a, not that was a le, that was a legit like <laughs> oh my god the, okay. the history nerds of the the yeah. blogosphere are gonna really, love that one. Well, like they are. Know. It's hysterical. Do you know? <laughs> I know. I, uh, I, I, I'm, okay. I'm so off topic. So yeah, why? What really? Why the mummy? I mean, like specifically. I mean, well, first of all, hold on. When did you see it? You weren't allowed to see it so in the wait, theater. I wasn't allowed to see it in theaters. Oh, yeah. I guess because. It. Like my parents were like, that mummy is too sexy. Like she, she, <laughs> can't, see, she can't see it. I um, hope that's the reason. So oh my god! I saw it uh, so I next week. I'm back. <laughs> were they, like, what were the, I, I really would love to know what they were afraid of in terms of you seeing it. But anyway. I don't really know. It's I, I, scary. I think that's. It, I, it's just. I think it's I like you said. Crazy. Some parents have things, yeah. and I think that they just saw it, and for whatever right. reason, I really so didn't think it was. Didn't a sexy see mummy. it in '99. Didn't see it in '90. Well, uh, honestly, I can't remember. You did see it in the theater. I did not see it in the theater. I I remember getting the VHS, I believe it was at Walmart when it was just me and my brother. And we bought it and it was like the contraband. Yeah. And it was like, and then we bought it and we were expecting to like get it home. My parents were going to be like, you put that away. Like, you know, no. Or like, you know, my mom's going to like break it over her knee or something. But they didn't even like remember. That they hadn't let us see it. That makes perfect sense. And he was three and a half yeah. years older than me. Because they were so like, I was, why did we stop? Yeah, yeah, I was 10. He was like, you know, 14. Um, so we just took it home and watched it. And then like, had nightmares for six years. But do you feel <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. feel like your love of this movie stemmed from the fact that you couldn't see it when it initially came out? No, I fruit, don't. A forbidden fruit situation. I kind of don't feel that way. Okay. It's, I'm it's shocked just, that you would disagree with just, me. Too. Objectively it's our friendship excellent. tension. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm trying to think of an example of something we're, else. That we're really trying see. to figure this out. I know. Let's like, what does this mean to me psychologically? Yeah. Um, I think it has more to do with the fact that, and I only realized this later was that it reminded me so much of Indiana Jones and it was yes. a move. And I had grown up watching those movies right. mm-hmm. so much. And it just like really resonated with me on a subconscious level. And yes. I also just remember really liking it. Which I know is such a base, no, silly no, thing. I, it's but like a fun to, movie. To watch a movie yeah. and to really like it and to really connect with it, especially when you're young, is like a very, a very special thing. That's actually the best answer. To, to, I fully agree. I, it, yeah. it is. I just feel like, you know, I've been thinking about it in terms of this podcast a lot. How uh, sometimes we'll do a movie that's yeah. objectively excellent. That doesn't hit me quite the way that I think it hits other people. And just some movies just aren't. Perhaps next you. week yes. we're covering a movie just like that. What, in my opinion, what movie is that? Girl Interrupted. We'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure how you, you objectively excellent it is, but there a lot are, of people really like it. And but I, there are some movies that just really are like uh, Virgin Suicides was a good example. Sure, where sure. that's just an objectively that's a great example. excellent movie that yeah, I can some people just don't. But I also think that a lot of the time you have to be an action adventure fan. Like some people just don't like that. Like yeah. I have friends who which don't, I'm not. Yeah. So, do you, but do you like the Mummy? Um, we're gonna find out. You don't love it. I didn't dislike the mummy. I, I we could talk about. It, I feel but like it's that's a, not my genre. Okay, that's so. what, exactly what I was gonna say. Is that it also has a lot to do, I think, with genre and kind of what you gravitate toward genre wise. Mm-hmm. And I grew up with a lot of action adventure. Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah, I. I think it also speaks to maybe why you don't really like Jurassic Park either. Do you oh know, yeah, like, like there's definitely something very they're not dissimilar. They're not that dissimilar. So I, I would, I would. And they're kind of archetypal. I like push it's- back a little bit. Jurassic Park, I like, but I'll tell you, my favorite Indiana Jones uh-huh. is not Raiders. No, it's not mine either. Last Crusade. Last Crusade, Last Crusade is the best. Last Crusade's the Last best. Crusade is, is great, but Raiders is arguably. So, arguably. see, this is the thing. 
Arguably. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> what I, do you mean? I like, mean that there are some people. I think that if you look at Raiders, it's the first one. Oh, I think it most introduced us to the characters. Obviously, you feel the same I, way. I, uh-huh. I, I love Last Crusade. Last Crusade also feels a little bit easier. And by that, I mean it's a father son, the, the, the water and oil of father and son. Like, it's just, it's a. It was definitely a safe choice after Temple of Doom. They were like, we got to go, go back, back to the back formula. To the, back to the yeah. formula. But, but I feel like they finally got it right. This is exactly how I feel, is that Raiders was like their test run that did really, really well. Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford, bona fide action star. Unbelievable. Unreal. His Unbelievable. best role, in my opinion. And, and it's weird, just going back to this movie, I don't mean to cut you off because I want to hear this, but Frazier does a much better Hanks than he does a Harrison Ford. This is what I constantly say about Bernard Frazier. And this is why I'm so here for his Renaissance is that he's, he always has been a character actor in an action hero's body. Yeah. And it's like, he has done such cool stuff. I think his best role is honestly George of the jungle. Like it's, so I don't think I've ever seen George of the Jungle. It's, I haven't either. He's but so good in it, I, and what he does, like physical comedy yeah. wise, and it's unreal. He's always been someone who's really conventionally attractive, but he makes faces and has yeah. kind of the same vibe as Nicolas Cage. Yeah, but he doesn't look like that guy. Well, we, I we, mean, we did blast from the past. We did do blast I, from the past. I likened him to. And we still have Dudley Do Right. We have Dudley Do Right. So. Oh, Dudley Do Right is so good. He's so good in it. Mm, okay. Wow. I really, I like, <laughs> Not I like, an answer I thought we were going to get. I like it. I believe you. Thank but you. The, Thank but, you. But I, also, I don't disbelieve you. I also you. believe. I also that means be, a lot. But after your comment about George of the Jungle and your kind of the 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 prism through which you view Brendan Fraser makes perfect sense because one of my big problems with the Mummy is specifically like this isn't the role I want to see him in. Really? Well, I'm, I, I what do you like? What do you like him in? What's I your favorite him role? In, I loved him in Blast. For we the both past. did. He's, He's great, great in Blast. For the I past. thought he was, but it's not a. It's not a. It's not a good movie. But. It's not a great movie. But <laughs> I, I think I liked it better than you, but you definitely did. Um I loved his aw shucks Tom Hanks charm. But you don't think that that's kind of a similar charactery role that uh, he plays these kind of archetypes so well because he's such a gifted physical actor? I thought this I thought that I thought he honestly, I thought he took this movie a little more seriously than the movie took it. And oh, I, I thought he was oh, playing and I really? thought and I thought he was aping Harrison Ford and I didn't think he could pull it off. Oh, oh I thought gosh. he played just a lot sillier. Oh, than I Harrison disagree did. so, so let's much. Talk, well, let's talk about it, but I want But oh, in a oh, respectful I, way. But I I totally cut you off with the Indiana Jones point you're Can making, I also I, I, I just want to say one quick thing about this Indiana Jones in terms of the Last Crusade versus Raiders of the Lost Ark. Last Crusade cannot exist without Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I say that in the sense that Let's bring it back so that you can prove that you're Right. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm not saying that I don't love Last he's, Crusade. He's, he's not going to. What it's too good. No, what he's, I think he, that. He, right, like, you're like, fucking is, mad. This is what yeah. so many people say is that from like a screenwriting technical standpoint, Raiders is a better movie. Well, Raiders just stands on its own. There could be no other Indiana Jones films, and it's just that film. And at, on on its own, on its own merits, it's just a great movie. Sure. They never so knew was, they were going to make so more was, of them. So is a New but, Hope, but Empire's better. Like, I mean, there's. It's, I agree with that. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I'm willing to. I'm I, willing to give it I to. can I can respect Raiders as an Raiders as is an great advent, as an adventure movie, but in that movie, um, I never connect with the character, and yes. I don't connect with him in Temple, Temple of, of Doom, Doom. Though I would love to see Karen Allen again. I connect way more with. But you did so in great. Crystal Skulls. I did. We in don't talk movie? about that. We don't acknowledge that as part of the Actually, canon. on this podcast, we do. Ah! Not all of us, but some of us. I do. don't hate Crystal Skulls. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I just don't. God. God, I do love an Indiana Jones conversation. So, but just to kind of close the loop. <laughs> sure. It just reminded me so much of, like, even aesthetically, mm-hmm. he looks like Indiana Jones. 
Brendan Fraser in the Mummy. I don't um, actually totally agree. His like earth tones and well, but that's just you're speaking of just I'm the garb ju- that you wear in the desert. Aesthetically, yes, I'm talking about okay, what but he like looks like. His, his body, fr- like he, he's Brendan my, Fraser, he's a doesn't yeah, like he's yeah, not like Harrison Ford every man. Yeah. But I do kind of feel like like Brendan Fraser's. Wait, this is news to me. What? Harrison Ford's not a beefcake. I mean, he is, but oh, okay. like Brendan Fraser is ripped. <laughs> 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 this is news to me. I that guy was Breaking news. But the, you're right. Yeah. But Brandon I feel like Frazier on the beefcake scale, like he's yeah. a piece Harrison of cake <laughs> that's made of beef. Yeah. Harrison so. Ford is definitely he's very attractive. I would put him in the beefcake category, but I would say that Brendan Fraser is a beefier cake. You know what I mean? I, I think he is. I, I think we're gonna have to do it. Do what? <laughs> Top five beefcakes. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to start. Can Brandon I just Frazier's say, though, that Brendan Fraser, I don't think from a performance perspective, and I agree with Keely, I don't think he's aping Indiana Jones so in I the kinda, performance. I get the feeling that he's actually a little bit scared of it. And I I yeah. feel like it's like when he when he way, like but... fake screams at the, the mummy to like get it away when they're, do you remember they're up against oh, that yeah. wall? And he's shooting him. Right? Like it's a, it's a funny, he's, I don't know. He's doing something I think in this that actually is closer to like Kurt Russell than it is Harrison Ford. Interesting. Like I see more big trouble in little China. I see more of that kind of Kurt Russell in his performance than, and we're obviously I mean, I like, this was his parsing first, shit, this was his first action role. Really? Was, yeah. I mean like George of the jungle was very physical, but he had done what airheads. What else? Yeah. School tie. Yeah. Encino, yeah. Man. Encino man as well. Man. But this was like his first, like he's a leading yeah, man. He's I'm, an action hero. Um, yeah, I I really got the feeling that he like gave it his all. There was a scene, you know, the scene when he gets hanged. He almost died. Yeah, he almost died. He almost yeah. died. She like, like he, he just, lost consciousness. Yeah, they had to resuscitate That's him. That's fucking nuts. We like, did we, we did a lot of Brendan Fraser praising on the Blast in the Past podcast. So I don't want to yeah. redo that. Sure, but, but I do. This guy say, is the fucking man. Well, I, so I think great. one thing that is worth worth bringing up again, just for people that maybe didn't listen to the Blast in the Past episode, is how grueling these movies were to him physically. And how he did it for nine he's years. He's like, I'm made of like popsicle sticks and glue because yeah, of the mummy movies. his knee was replaced. Yeah, he had spinal crazy. surgery. It's, it's crazy. crazy. So I, I mean, I, I respect the the level of commitment physically that he brought to these roles. And that was really before people were, people, I, I, I believe action stars have been pressured into doing their own stunts. Yes. I think Tom Cruise has really just, he's he really just like kind of made everybody um, and yeah. put everybody in position. He stunt where shamed everyone. He stunt shamed. That's what I'm looking for. He stunt well, shamed everyone. And now every well, that's his star, thing. Now his thing is like throw me out of a plane because yeah. no one else will do it. But, it, like, but okay. even the, yeah, the first Mission Impossible, he was doing his own stunts. Yeah. And, and now everyone's like, if I don't do my own stunts, I'm less of a man than Tom Cruise. Uh, um, I don't think anyone's saying that anymore. But I know. What you're I think saying. they are. I think they're still. Oh well. I'm not sure that Tom Cruise is the bar. That's that he used not to on a really scale of beefcakes. Oh, I don't really know he's where not on he's your ranking. He's, not anymore. Yeah, you know? he's never really a beefcake. Uh, <laughs> he, he is small like a beefcake. Small like a small like a beefcake. She says. I hear you. Beefcake. Beefcake sounds like maybe great. it's a Canadian thing. What? Yeah, Phil, is it a Canadian thing? I don't, thing? not that I know of. Like, are you really, you want to go back to the Canada what is well? It? Is what? it a beef cake? What? Beef cake. Like kit, eh? Oh my God. What is mm. a beef cake? Mm-mm. Is that a thing? Is that like shepherd's pie? Well, I, I mean, are we talking about it in the context of a man? Food. Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> 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 food. <laughs> oh my god but we've the really point gone is, off the rails already Brendan Fraser is happens. fantastic he needs to come he back he's fantastic. so good in trust 
He's great. I watched the first couple of trusts. I really liked it. I have not stuck with it. He he's is great. great. I think he's, and it does feel like he's getting a second shot. If, if you had listened to the, and I totally understand that you didn't listen to the Blast from the Past episode, you would have heard Kenny say that Kenny thinks he's going to get an Oscar nomination and potentially win an Oscar sometime. I was going to. For what? He'd won in, in, in his life. <laughs> for a project Kenny's oh, writing. I love in, that. Um, I was gonna, in, I was gonna like introduce him as future Oscar winner Brendan Fraser, because he, <laughs> yeah. he you know, I, I, I like it. that. Put it out into the universe. I, that's what that's what Kenny's doing. Is, Even though this guy feels now, like he's repping. This him. guy didn't win an Oscar, but I likened it a little bit to like this Michael Keaton Renaissance thing. Sure. Even though they're not like each other at all, they're but, really not. But I know but what you they mean. had a they've had a similar trajectory. It's yeah. more like, well, I guess kind of. I would liken it more to the reconnaissance. A little. That guy did win an Oscar. Yeah, that and, he did win, and an he Oscar. did kind of go through the phase that Brendan Fraser is going through now. Because in that GQ article they wrote about him, you know, he's like on the farm yeah. with his he horses, was, he's falling apart. Yeah. you know, and he's like, I just hang out with my horse now. <laughs> this horse was abused. I got you know, it. It's a really sad. I named it. By the way. Someone it, found us like the Mexican <laughs> word for freckles. Pecos. I was like, it's a lot sure. to take in. Someone it's a lot found it was great though, and it's like I feel like he's gone through what you're saying, like. He's taken the break. He's, yeah. Yes, he's done the thing that he needs to do, and now he can come back and win his Oscar. There's a perfect it role feels for him. Like there is, absolutely. Um, there's, a, there's a perfect usage. When you read that GQ article, it remind, your McConaughey point is very good. It reminds me of, there's, of McConaughey in that there are certain roles that really only Matthew McConaughey mm-hmm. should play. Yeah. Dallas Buyers Club is a perfect example of yeah, that. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I feel that about Frazier now, that there are some roles. Like I don't know if you guys watched The Affair. Oh yeah, he's great in the affair, and that was kind of the first time that he resurfaced again. Yeah, and people were like, yeah. "What is Brendan Fraser doing on this kind of highbrow show?" He's going to get Golden Globe nominations and Emmy nominations over the next year or so for yeah, sure. Well, yeah. maybe not Golden Globe. He's got a weird thing with the Golden Globes. Remember he he was yeah, he was molested by the head of the Philip Burke. Oh, the, okay, maybe yeah. not HFPA, a Golden Globe. Then, sorry. Yeah. he yeah. won't even. Yeah, but still. <laughs> oh, uh, anyway, um, yeah. and of course he was in you know one of the great Oscar movies of all time, Crash. So he's already done this Oscar. thing. Thing. Your favorite movie of all time, right? That's up there. No, The Departed's my favorite. Sorry, movie. Departed, yeah. of course. The Departed's <laughs> the number Departed. one. Crash is number two. Um, so I have a little context for this movie. Sure. Just uh, Twister is number three. How uh, dare you? <laughs> to put it Twister in that, is on number that one on everyone's oh, list. Oh, no, I don't know. Uh, so the synopsis. I, just, I, I need Keely to know that I hit The Departed and I hate Crash. So <laughs> it's just very unique. Uh, so the synopsis for The Mummy. The Mummy is a rousing, suspenseful, and horrific epic about an expedition of treasure-seeking <laughs> explorers in the Sahara <laughs> Desert in 1925. Stumbling upon an ancient tomb, the hunters unwittingly set loose a 3,000-year-old legacy of terror, which is embodied in the vengeful reincarnation of an Egyptian priest who had been sentenced to eternity as one of the living dead. My God, it sounds horrible in that synopsis, doesn't it? It sounds <laughs> it actually sounds like so really scary, scary and like intense. That's the thing though, is that people, the still, like people still call it like a horror action <clears throat> yeah. movie, which I don't think is accurate. Well, so just a couple other facts before. Oh, sorry, I'm no, sorry. No, it's not talking good, no worries. Uh, the I want to talk about that though. Okay. We will. Uh, the Mummy opened on May 7th, 1999 in first place with $43.3 million, $43.3 million with no other films opening that weekend. They, they, they cleared it. They, they cleared, cleared it. it. They cleared the like several weeks for the mummy. Wow! Uh, it went on to gross. What else, Phil? What else was? Do you have it in front of you? Or? I can pull it up. I'll, you, you keep down. I'll pull it up. Okay. Um, it went on to gross four hundred and fifteen million dollars worldwide, and started a franchise that would go on to gross one point four billion dollars worldwide. Crazy! And the mummy has fifty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I think Griffin Newman noted this on some podcast. But one of our favorite podcasts. No, I'm blank check okay. on about something which I really loved. The Scorpion King 2 oh, yeah, yeah. is a prequel. 
of a spinoff of a sequel of a remake. The Scorpion King movies are great. No, they star the best. They're great. The Scorpion King. I can't believe we worked our way to WWE. They star the fucking rock. Very impressive work. The Scorpion King has some of the worst special effects. I'm going to connect it even more to Survivor because in the Mummy Returns, to my kids, damn it, not so close. Um, In the Mummy Returns, like that was Dwayne the Rock Johnson's like first big movie role. That was his first role. Period. Like it's crazy that before that he was just the Rock, and now of course he. He's like yeah, the mummy birthed the, the rock. Yeah, yeah, yes, it's crazy. I mean, I, I and yes, the CGI is horrible, but that's also just like timeline wise. You're crazy for the, for the mummy return. It's not. I mean, it's horrible today, but it, it's just not. It wasn't as bad as some other shit we've seen this year. I don't think. Like what? Yeah, I'm curious. CG, just CGI wise. CGI wise, maybe it was. I don't know. I thought. I thought the the rendering of the actual physical beings was pretty bad, but I thought the. Are you speaking of the effects in this movie? This movie, yeah. Okay. Oh, we're talking movie. about the Scorpion King. I've never seen the Scorpion King. Oh, okay, because the Scorpion God, King's so effects are fucking okay, horrific. So I don't think. Lo Santa. Okay, the I don't think that the special effects in the Mummy are bad. I yeah, I fully I, agree with you. Right, so so we all agree. But yeah. but I also think it's going for something very different than what the Scorpion King was going for. Oh, absolutely. This movie is going for Ray Harryhausen. Like this this movie is going for like old school stop motion like skeletons fighting. That that is at times what this sometimes, is going. Sometimes yeah. For. I now, sometimes, sometimes I agree with that. Sometimes, sometimes it gets dodgy. Sometimes it does like legitimately kind of amazing to this day like sand faces that looks great. Yeah. And it, and and it opens with Arab a fucking awesome shot. That first shot of Egypt where they spent oh, real yeah. money. Yes, 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 yes. And they never do it again in the movie, unfortunately, to the same effect. But like, it's an incredibly impressive shot that really just sets a, a stage for your like the scope of this movie. Totally. Is and that yeah. first shot and that whole first sequence, yes. just like, whoo, yeah. 100% in. It's yeah. like already you're showing me 100%. Egyptian mystique. She's in gold body paint and nothing else. Egyptian mystique. Like, I'm that's, in. That's, that's good. I'm in. Yeah. It's uh, so good. Number two that its opening weekend was Entrapment. Like sure. I, I think Entrapment was number two every weekend of nineteen ninety nine. Wow. It opened movie. I think Entrapment opened a week previous. Uh it did. Yeah. Correct. Uh Matrix in its sixth week was number sure. three. Life, which is obviously coming up at some point for us. Uh, yeah, can't wait. Which we never talk about, even though it's like it's an Eddie Murphy movie. movie. Yeah. It's a big movie. Uh, was four and election amazingly was nice five wow yeah for election even bob never been kissed analyze this 10 things that's amazing that's awesome yeah uh so i want to read a quote from roger ebert's review of this film uh there is is, jurassic park sorry it's just gonna be a jurassic park quote. (laughs) no it's not (laughs) uh although there is a michael Crichton reference oh great uh there is within me an a hunger for preposterous adventure movies. I resist the bad ones, but when a Congo or an Anaconda comes along, my heart leaps up and I cave in. The mummy is a movie like that. There is hardly a thing I can say in its favor, except that I cheered. I was cheered by nearly every, I was cheered by nearly every minute of it. I cannot argue for the script, the direction, the acting, or even the mummy, but I can say that I was not bored. And sometimes I was unreasonably pleased. There is a little immaturity stuck away in the crannies of even the most judicious of us. And we should treasure it. Kind of a backhanded compliment, but I do think, I think that the whole thing is a backhanded compliment. A I don't bit. understand, like when I'm. But I, I understand th- where it's coming from a little bit, which is that you kind of have to check your brain at the door a little bit with a movie like this, which is fine. I completely fine. disagree. People, people okay. don't, people don't think like that anymore. 
That's well, a, we've said how many times have we said that about yeah, a Roger Ebert. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's usually like it's usually in the in the scope I do feel of like, like that's an old school way of it categorizing is. This the worth of a movie. Idea yeah, like is it's dead a, to me. I was it's, just saying it was a guilty pleasure. I'm saying no, no, that, we're not. Okay. We're not. I think the Roger Ebert is making it clear. I think Roger Ebert is saying it is is couching that in. I'm guilty about loving this. Um, mm. I'm open because I'm a movie reviewer, but this is why I love it despite thinking it's preposterous. That I, I hate you know I hate I, the review that's like, I like it despite but, instead of yeah. I like it because. because. You know what I think killed that? I swear to God what killed the guilty pleasure thing? I think the Fast and Furious series killed it. Interesting. I think around Fast, Certainly possible. Fast and Furious or Fast Five, people just start started to say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I, I like it because <laughs> yeah. even though it's the fifth movie in a franchise about street racing and then i mean the five six and seven and eight just got good reviews yeah just got like 80 80 percent on Rock because it, it is did, what it, it is did feel like people went all in on them at a certain yeah. point but it, i also feel like well, that fast makes- five felt like a turning point like mm-hmm. that that felt like and i well, and i have not seen any of them full, that, full disclosure that's when the rock got on board it's when the rock got on board it's when they gave them like real crazy amounts of money justin lynn's first in the series, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Like, yeah, I think it was. I've had many friends tell me, if you're going to watch any of them, watch Fast Five. So, I, for what it's It's worth, also it's when it became a heist series. Okay. Anyway, Keely had a point. Um, I forget what I was going to say. I think <laughs> what I was going to say, just like talking about that school of thinking, which I think is something we've seen kind of evolve a lot with action movies, especially with superhero movies, is that yep. the mentality that like, this is an action movie, so it has to be really serious and well done and not funny, or it has to be like the English patient kind of. It's like Chris like, Nolan or Joel Schumacher. Exactly. Basically. That's a perfect, perfect parallel. Um, I just think that that's gone. I hate you so much. I think that that's, that's gone. He's right every time. He's never been wrong. Uh, He's never been wrong. (laughs) Except the three times this podcast. Except for the whole Indiana Jones thing. But, um, I think that that's just like gone away. And I think that like, it's fine to just enjoy something and not have to pick it apart from a critical standpoint. But I also think that you don't, you don't have to analyze it so much that, it you remove all the joy from it. Yeah, like if you like something, you can like it. And I think there's obviously so much worth in criticizing things and like, you know, not criticizing, but offering critiques on things and looking at things yeah. through an academic lens. But at the same time, well, it's like you his can just review like also to, to his credit. And I obviously I cherry picked a, a line from it that I felt encapsulated a lot of what he was saying. But I do think that he does get to the point in the review of there is a childlike fun to this movie that is I unabashedly is. enjoyed it and it and it allowed me to sort of just have fun and joy. But I also think so that there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing. Obviously. I think that the script is like pretty good. Like for what it is, like it's an archetypal story. Of, it's like a yeah. fairy tale. Like it's no, not. No, for sure. It's, it's definitely there. I, I liked the film quite a bit. I'd mm-hmm. say I didn't like it as much as you. And I certainly, I think I liked it more than you, but I think that it's the, the problem with it ultimately is that Indiana Jones and those movies are better. So you find yourself sort of watching this film being like, yeah, this is fun, but it's channeling something that's more fun mm-hmm. and, and certainly more substantive. Like this movie just feels it's, and we should talk about Steven Summers and, at a certain I'd point also, as a oh, filmmaker. Totally. I'd also just say, it, yeah. and this is, maybe it's, a, it's subjective. Those movies just look better. Well, of course. And, and well, it's all Jones? practical. And, I, oh, well, and, I think, like, it's, and it's more practical. It's all and practical. I, I, think, I mean, and, and, and I, I think that. It's the difference between, you know, like, Puppetry and CGI. 
Like yeah. there's and they absolutely built shit. Yeah. exactly and, and, like yeah. there's a tactile way that they're shooting it. Yeah, and e- there's nothing tactile and about the everything. Mummy. Everything no. in this movie. I mean, I know they well, shot on location in Morocco in the desert. Blah blah blah. But everything was built for yeah. this movie, um, and it feels that way. It mm-hmm. fe- it, everything feels very production designed, whereas in an Indiana Jones movie, it feels very. But it loud. doesn't feel gritty. The mummy feels polished in it's, a way. It feels that, very much like a, like a movie. Well, yeah. like the movies, it, like the movies that we made, actually. Mm-hmm. Like those movies are all soundstage movies, and there's a certain charm in that 1930s that I didn't, I was not charmed by this movie the way I think so many people are. I think well, that's so interesting because it is. You mentioned it being set in the 19. I think it's in the 1920s. 20s, 23. But it's a 30s serial it, vibe. And that's like, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it like has that same. Like it, it definitely is stylized and it has yes. that same look overall. So it does already feel nostalgic, mm-hmm. but I think that you're right. It is kind of like a polished, I, I don't mean this in a mean way, but it, like a target version of Indiana <laughs> Jones, but in a really great way. Like I yeah. think the mummy is its, is its own I think, thing. I think also everything you guys are talking about feeds into, I just want to talk a little bit about the development of it and then we'll get to Stephen Summers, which I think definitely will speak to what you're sure. talking about. Um, so in 92, James Jack and Sean Daniel uh, decided they want to remake the mummy and universal gave them the go ahead. They said, keep it under $10 million. And they went to Clive Barker and Clive Barker came up with some contemporary version about an art museum and cultists. And it was going to be a horror film. He does that. It doesn't take, obviously it doesn't take root. It doesn't move forward. They decide to go to Joe Dante and Joe Dante has this vision of a love story that was co-written by John sales and was going to start Daniel day Lewis. I want to see that movie just because I'm like, I don't know what that movie is, but like Joe Dante directing guys, Joe Dante, John Sales, Daniel Day Lewis in a mummy movie. And it's a love story. I'm in John Sales hasn't yet come up on this podcast for whatever reason. He hasn't. You know, he did a little bit because I, I, re- I referenced the brother from another planet on. Some, yes, you're right. But I think it was a uh, blast in the past, actually. What a fucking genius that guy yeah, is. Yeah, no, he's unbelievable. What a genius. Yeah. And, yeah. um, but that, that's, that's, this uh, is the that thing that should right. bring Daniel Day Lewis out of retirement. <laughs> he should come do the movie. Who's trying to get him back? Uh, right James Ivory's trying to get him back there you right go. now. Uh, There's so some. that doesn't happen. Uh, Joe Dante can't get the budget to where they want it to be. So then they go to George A. Romero. They go to Wes Craven. Like Universal is basically saying, we want to make a cheap horror, horror film movie. version of the Mummy. Yeah, like and like, we want to make at least we want to make ten right, of them. And like, go to the right guy. Yeah, I know. Right? Like, totally like, Romero right and Craven. Like obviously that would have been a horror right. movie. But also just like if we do this right, we can make five or ten of these things, and they'll be cheap, and hopefully it'll work. And we're looking to make a horror franchise. It, it also says to me that they didn't, at least in the early nineties. They didn't have high hopes for the mummy. No, because yeah. I don't think you they know? saw. I don't think they saw real potential That's in what I'm it. Saying. I don't think that Universal. I mean, this is obviously prior to any number of things, and we'll discuss the Dark Universe in a bit. But I do think that it it, it does sort of it shows how different things were back then. That a studio was not thinking on a on a sort of cinematic universe level. They were just like, how can we make this dirty and cheap, and hopefully people will pay to see it. But then its budget was pretty big, right? But then what happens is Stephen Summers goes to um, Jackson Daniel in, in 97 with his vi- vision of the mummy, which was sort of a Indiana Jones, Jason and the Argonauts, Ray Harryhausen version of this. Universal loves the idea that they give him $80 million to make the movie. Mm-hmm. So, and you've got to hand it to Universal to, to be open to, okay, maybe this is something really big. Like maybe, maybe this could be something much more obviously successful than we had originally assumed. I also imagine that Stephen Summers was quite effective in his pitch to them, but it does speak to, you guys were talking about the difference between Indiana Jones and this movie, and this movie just feels 
cheap, but it's intentionally so. Like, I don't think that this movie is striving sure. for what Spielberg is striving for. Spielberg wants to make a, qu- a quality sure. film. I think Not you, to say that they're making compare, a shitty film. But, but if you, you compare know. most things to Spielberg, it's going to look cheap. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, that's and a that's, lofty I, I, it's, It might be an unfair comparison, but I do think that there's something very intentional to the way that Stephen Summers made this film, and you can see it in the future films that he that's makes. That's the problem with it. it it's, it's just a difficult situation if you're trying to make an adventure movie like this set in and around the Middle East, in and around this time period, you're always going to get compared to Indiana Jones. With somewhat similar influences as well. Yeah, and I think, I I really think the Indiana Jones thing is, is inevitable and unavoidable. But I do actually have some respect for the way they carry through the 1930s serial vibe. Sure. I don't think that's an obvious move. It's not something we see a lot. It's not something that always works. It had, didn't work with the, you know, the shadow and it didn't work with the, you know, with the, the um, phantom, the phantom or well, the this green is, hornet or yeah. all the, yeah. I feel yeah. like what you're saying is very true, but I also feel like what sets the mummy apart is it is part of this kind of like paramount B movie that isn't around anymore. Like the phantom, like, yeah. Face Off, Double Jeopardy, where it's like these movies that are kind of borderline camp, but not quite camp. They're not super serious, but at the same time, they're not comedies. They just really lean into that B-movie feel overall. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that has kind of, I feel like that helps. That helps them. It's died, unfortunately. But I also feel like that helps the mummy. Absolutely. I wonder. um, There's a self-consciousness and an awareness to what it's doing. It's very self-aware. It's It's kind of like The Princess Bride. It's like an action movie that satirizes action movies. All right, I'm going to say this. I want. I, I. I wonder how intentional that what you guys are talking. about I wonder is. too. And I don't. And you know, I, I very much. You know, on, on one of our last podcasts, the Star Wars one, Eric Carrasco was pushing this idea of intentionality. It's made me really, first and foremost, every time assume intent, assume intent. I. But with this movie and and the movies you're talking about, not all of them, but some of these movies you're talking about, Double Jeopardy, for instance, I think that they thought that that was the best version of this at the time. I think the mummy kind of falls into that category too, where we just weren't so snark- we weren't so snarky. We weren't so snide. We weren't so witty. I mean, you know, like the, I don't mean this in a bad way, but kind of like the buff of the buffification <laughs> of movies, the, the weed in the weed in the weed of it all. Um, well, the really Kevin Williamson of it really, all too. Kevin Williamson of it all really hadn't happened yet. And movies like this really seemed like this is how you made a blockbuster at that point. Totally. Well, but I mean, this is. I agree yes, with that. Yes, 100%. I mean, I also think that to get back to sort of to your point of intentionality, like this film has a very clean line as to what it's trying to do. It's not trying to do anything particularly difficult. And I put that in quotation marks, but like it's not trying to do anything grandiose no, in not. scale. It's trying to be a fun popcorn movie and it succeeds at doing that. I totally agree it's, with that. It knows its lane and it stays in it. And I think that part of the problem with the movies we have today is they don't do that. Like they're just, they're careening all over the and place. And they try to be all things. Because they want to be a four quadrant movie that'll hit everybody. I, but I also think that this kind of harkens back to what you said when you quoted Ebert's review of yeah. it is that 
that isn't really the mentality that people have anymore about these action movies. It's like, it has to be snarky and highbrow, but it also has to like cater to every audience. Mm -hmm. And it also has to have like a genre component because people love genre. So I just think that it's kind of this, there are like everything we're talking about, like these were all different components of the time that kind of lived on their own. But now you're supposed to have a movie that is all of those, you know, like B movies plus how we've evolved, the Whedon of it all, like it, they're supposed to have everything. So these yeah. things have become these really nostalgic, lovely time capsules that are kind of representative, not just of your childhood, but kind of where movies were at that time because it's well, so think, different. And to that point, the thing that I was sort of, one of the things I was most taken with rewatching this film is it's really easy to watch. It's so easy like to it's, watch. And that's why I think so that, fun. Now, I, I saw it in 99 and, you know, I liked it fine, but it, it didn't, it didn't blow me away back then. I was admittedly a little bit older. And I do think that, that I hate to even say this, but Keeley's generation, uh, <laughs> because I'm apparently a dinosaur. Uh, You're the only non-millennial at this table. <sighs> Great. Um, <laughs> you, you being a full 18 months older than me. Oh. My point is that I think that if I was... I was like, wait, how old are you? If, if I was... <laughs> 22. If okay. I was younger and I saw this film when I was anywhere between sort of you know 10 and 15, I imagine this film would be one of my favorite films. This because is, it's such yeah. a fun, easy watch that I imagine... To your point, why you watched it a million times is you put that and you just know what you're getting and it's just super fun. Yeah, it's like very rare that you get the overlap where you're nostalgic about something that's also considered like a critical success at that age. Like for me, it's just The Last of the Mohicans. That's all I've got. That's my own, like the Venn diagram. Twister is a perfect movie. (laughs) No, Twister is a really great movie. It is a perfect movie. I cannot Twister. Twister. Truly, I I love the movie. It transcends all criticism. I know, but it's also just a great movie and like, the, the thing that Twister has that this movie doesn't is a tornado and Helen Hunt with her windbreaker tied around her waist. That's and Philip Seymour Sim- Hoffman. No, it's, I mean, oh, all right. So I'm going to do my best What's to that? defend Twitter. And Twister, Twitter. I will never defend. Please Twitter. don't defend Twitter. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus. Twister in a real way. So okay. Twister in a real way. Keely, you you were serious because you love the movie. There's some real pathos to that movie. Oh my God. Are you kidding There's me? There's no pathos to this movie. There is no there like like the Rachel Vice of it all is so one inch deep. I feel like so. Here's the thing, Rachel Vice. Before that, she'd done like what? Um, this is really stealing. This was like first she'd done Stealing yeah. Beauty. She'd also done that Keanu Reeves movie. She was in that. She's in Stealing was Beauty. She in Chain Reaction. Chain Reaction. That's yeah. it. But she was like kind of like you know like a honeypot. Like, like a she was face. she was sexy. Yeah. And this was like her first movie where she was like I'm you know like I, I have I I'm a nerd. She, I think like she's I'm super fantastic. Smart. I do. She's great. But I also think that she led to like the queer awakening of a generation with like her weird little pseudo tie and her like purple straw hat and her like thin eyebrows. She was just kind of a relatable heroine in a way that I don't think had been there's portrayed a whole on screen. Piece, there's a whole piece on, I want to say Nerdist about just Evie. Are you She's allowed great. to say Nerdist? Yeah, I'm allowed to say Nerdist. The oh. company still exists and they've made themselves abundantly clear that they're not connected. With, okay, cool. Just with someone you're not allowed to say. Which, with someone who doesn't exist anymore. Yes, uh, right. Five reasons why we love Evie from The Mummy. Ugh. And it's just, and I will read the reasons because Her it feels... upside down, like Nike swoop eyebrows. <laughs> well, like, that ugh. wasn't one of them, but uh, Evie is a real woman. They yes. feel that she feels very real, which I think she is. She's very relatable. Uh, Evie loves knowledge. She, she's, who doesn't love some she knowledge? She loves knowledge. Well, Evie is, most women in 1999. So <laughs> uh, Evie is confident. I think that there is a confidence in the way that she uh, carries she just, herself. And she knows what she wants. She wants to be a Bimbridge scholar. You know? God damn it. <laughs> she, Let her in. Evie is fierce and feminine. Yeah. Uh, and Evie is Rick's equal. 
I think I think all of those things are. True. I think she's. I think, a, I think she's his superior, and I'm not just saying that. No, I would agree with that. I, my, I, sure, I don't disagree with that either. I'm, I think the point they're tr- trying to make with this article, at least, is it's a it's a pretty well rounded, strong, you know, professionally minded female character in a studio blockbuster. And it's not that's not they, a common thing in 1999 common, or before. That's, that's I, Although yeah. it does I, open with that I think fucking absurd sequence of her like knocking the domino. Yeah. I mean that they did that all I, in I one take. We're, yeah, uh, had championing yes. baseline competence, oh, wow. um, which I think they're. I, th- I no, I think in okay. female characters specifically. That's what I'm saying. Like I think that yes, all those things are true, and. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, I do recognize after doing so many of these uh, how rare it was yeah. that they have a female character with any dimensions. Mm-hmm. But that said, like, I I don't really think that there's any pathos in that character whatsoever. And Rick is just a vessel. So I think that's and I and I think that's something that like great movies, Indiana Jones and Last Crusade and Twister have. That this movie doesn't. Listen, so. no one's going to have the character depth of an F5 tornado. <laughs> Let's just get that out there. Yeah, now. no, no one's going to compare. What, what, but the, what I do you think like? The truth what do you is, like more, Phil? Like for real, Mummy or, or Twister? This is the choice you're giving me. Yeah. Well, they're the two best movies ever made. You oh, got to pick. I mean, if I had to pick, uh, I think you're more of a Mummy guy. I no, can. I actually was leaning towards Twister. If I had to choose between the two, these That's I want to be right very choice. clear, guys. Good choice. Neither of these movies are probably in my top fifty. <laughs> Well, um, that's so. I don't. They're not your top five. This is like a this is like a Westworld <laughs> moment. I'm like, that didn't hear like anything. It didn't sound like anything to me. Uh, Westworld. Like, I, I've been watching Westworld. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Here's. I, I just. I want to talk a little bit about Rachel Vice for a second. Yeah, I do. I do think that. I do think that. Oscar winner Rachel Vice. Oscar winner Rachel Vice. I think it's a. It's a. It's an interesting moment. Just from. I will address what you said, but also just from a career standpoint, that this is her first kind of meaty role in a movie. And it's something where she's. Well, this not, is her first real crack at like being, you know, sure. an A lister. So will. she, you know, it's interesting that she took a role where she's this kind of she's a librarian. Like there's, it's it's yeah. just a very interesting. So is Indiana choice. Jones, kind of more or less. Well, he's a professor, he's a professor of archaeology. Like it's a very That's similar. True. It's a similar kind of. Vibe. It's not dissimilar. It's almost yeah. like if you took Indiana Jones and split him in half, you'd get Rick Those and Evie. Two. Yeah. Which is interesting, but I do think that she like even just, even just watching it like as a as a ten year old, that's not a kind of character I had seen portrayed before. That's not I really can't think of anything similar. She she reminds me a lot of uh, Kathleen Turner in *Romancing the Stone*, which I didn't see until I was older. But I also feel like I, I, that's I not that. that's not an inept comparison because she's what a romance novelist. She, yes. She's a romance novelist, but it's a little more interesting than that. She's I a romance think. novelist, and then she kind of gets it, into an adventure and puts on her adventurer hat. Yeah, and, you know, well, unwittingly. She, but she's not. She's not. She's not portrayed as like. I feel like calling her a romance novelist. Um, gives off the idea that she's a shallow character, and that's not what she's. No, a very she's not shallow she's a very at all. Intelligent character. She's but, super smart. I mean, yeah. she goes to Cartagena when her sister gets kidnapped. That's right. She tries to. She's she's, she's balls to the wall. But that is her. I I say that because I'm drawing Can a parallel between something? the profession of her being a librarian and then her being you know like a romance novelist. So you have like literature, this stereotypically yeah. feminine. There are stereotypes attached you know, to those things. And and by profession. the way, Evie does fall into some of those. You know, she does. But again, I boxes. But I. You know. I a hundred percent more representation for women on all fronts. Like yeah. this exists in a time capsule for me, but at the same time, 
I feel like that whole movie, as I I keep saying this, deals in archetypes. You have an action hero. You have his romantic interest. You have the villain. You have the goofy evil sidekick. You have, you know, Jonathan, the 'er ne'er-do-well. It's like we have all of these archetypal characters. So it would be great if she had more depth and she had been more fleshed out, but at the same time, she still has more no, depth. Than, she still than has most. more depth yeah. than like Rick and Jonathan and that. every other character. Well, in that movie. She's, she is, she's also, so much more than a damsel in distress. She's also which she could have just been literally the only female character in the movie. She is, which is horrible. Well, except yeah. for the, the other woman, well, oh, the, oh, the which other, is part of yeah, what makes right. the mummy returns a great sequel is All because right. it explores the dynamic with her and Anaxina moon. Spoiler, not a great sequel. A great sequel. I'm amazed you could say that name. Say a Nox in a Moon. A Nox in a Moon. That's the... I think. Yeah. It could be wrong. That's that's the other female character of the movie. No basis to disagree. And I mean, she's completely like, they fridge her right off the bat, which is a travesty. (laughs) But but I gotta give that sexy mommy some motivation. I I guess. Um, But yeah, she's she's the only... She is, I feel like, the only woman. This is a very Princess Leia. You know, very she's, she's, she's great. I think it's also Rachel Weiss has had a very interesting career as well. I think that she's, she's spent a lot of constantly movies. gardening. She's, she's all the way to an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's had a very interesting, she does the mummy. We have another movie with her sunshine, which also came out in 99 with Ray Fiennes. And she's I have not one. seen it also uh, with Ray Fiennes before they, yeah, before they garden. Yes. <laughs> They're still gardening to this oh day. My God. To this day. Um, <laughs> that's really funny. I didn't, I didn't put that together. Uh, then she does, I guess the next big movie she does is Enemy at the Gates. Then she does the Mummy sequel uh, about a boy, which is a great movie, and she's really good in it. Uh, Shape of Things, Constance, Constantine that is, then Constant she's Gardner. She's so good in Constantine. She's very good in Constantine. She, yeah, she does Constantine and Constant Gardner in the same yeah. year. Constantine Gardner. Constantine, yeah. Uh, I love her in The Fountain. I think that movie's really I underrated. I love The Fountain too, and yeah, it is so really underrated. underrated. She's great in it. Yeah. I mean, her relationship, I imagine, with Darren Aronofsky was not fun. I mean, but the movie was great. Could you characterize any of his relationships as fun? Maybe I, I don't mean, know. It's or, purely from afar. I'm not sure he's ever made a outright bad movie. Noah. I hated Mother with such a passion. <laughs> I did you see uh, Mother? Uh, no. Okay. But I wish I had so I could ask you why. Because my, I mean, I, I vaguely remember having a text conversation oh, with yeah, you about it. I, we were texting when I was at TIFF because I saw yeah. Shape of Water and I was like, Shape of Water is so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But mother. <laughs> you were like, <laughs> do, yeah, you were, I do remember that vividly. Yeah, I, I was like, But so I do bad. feel like, I, I, and I'm not going to sit here and defend mother because whatever, this isn't a podcast about mother. But I will say that the fact that it elicited that kind of response from well, you I does say something. That was is, my sense. That was what I was going to say. This is the conversation that people had about it, but it's also just like. I, I, I had my problems with it. I don't, I don't think it's a great movie. I also don't think it's. I, I certainly don't feel the way you feel. But about I'm it. really happy for Darren Aronofsky that he has the luxury of making a movie simply to elicit responses from people. Mm-hmm. Must be nice. What do you guys think of uh, well, what Gaspar Noe and you know uh, Harmony Corrine and any number of other filmmakers are doing the exact I same d- thing? I, I yeah, don't but, but disagree. Those guys are doing it without a budget. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, he got Jennifer Lawrence. That's why he got the budget. Oh, he got her to be in the movie. Not he's, that he got her. Darren, he's Darren Aronofsky, and he made the Wrestler. Anyone want to talk about that? The Wrestler is great. <laughs> Anybody, anyone at this table want to talk no, about the I'm wrestler? No, I'm kidding. But um, that 
Anyway, I yeah. think that that then she makes my that in Black point. Swan or the two movies that kind of gave him this yes. medieval blank, blank check. He's medieval done blank check. He, yeah. Darren Aronofsky, has which he made, cashes on Noah and but anyway, sorry. he's made great movies. He's yeah. made awesome movies. Yes, yeah. um, but but I just think that Mother is like I, I agree that it's definitely a conversation piece, but it's not a conversation piece that I feel really needed. Yeah, I, I, we did not need that movie in this world. Yeah, I'm not suggesting that we did. And part of that is timing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so just a couple other films that Rachel Weisz yes, did yes, yes, in yes. her very interesting career. My Blueberry Nights, the Wong Kar Wai film. Uh, I believe that was like number one on the blacklist. Yeah. It's a, that's a weird movie. I don't know if you've seen I Wong Kar Wai movies, it, but no. he's, I love Wong Kar Wai, but that movie is bizarre. Then she does Fred Claus, uh, Brothers Bloom, which is one kind for them, of a one weird, for me. kind it's, of a weird little it's great very movie. Strange. Yeah. It's good. But I kind of like it. Yeah. Who um, did that? Ryan Johnson. So that was his second movie? That's what he used. Yeah. Brick, then he does Brothers Bloom, then he does Looper, and then I think Last Jedi. Brick and Looper are better. But He's, it is a great movie. I, I no, hundred percent Brick and yeah. Looper are better. But Brothers Bloom was a film that I didn't know what to expect. And I sat down and I was like, this is sort of a bizarre little weird caper and so I'm into great. it. And yeah. yeah so. He's so great. Um but yeah, so anyway. Uh Rachel Weiss, great so, actress. Yeah, it was interesting. I felt like the first big movie for Quite a few people in that cast. True. But I want to I want to just talk a little bit about the other people that were almost cast in this film. Oh my god, there were so many. It was like crazy. Chris O'Donnell, Tom well, Cruise, so and the then first, they offered it to Sylvester Stallone. They offered it to him, but the and first Leonardo one, DiCaprio, that's the big one. But he was committed to the beach. Yes. Yes. So he had any and they wouldn't move the schedule around for him. I don't know what this movie is with Leonardo DiCaprio in the league. I don't either. I mean, that is that especially in nineteen ninety nine. Like, by the way Today he could do it. Uh, maybe he could do anything. Yes, I, I guess what's interesting is he comes off of Titanic, and mm-hmm. the movie he was chasing for quite some time was American Psycho, mm-hmm. which I still stand by. I would love to have seen a Leonardo DiCaprio American Psycho. I thought that would have been interesting. It would have been totally different than Christian Bale's Patrick Bateman, but it would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. But then he kind of did it with well, I guess it's I not, was going to say the exact same. He kind of did it with Wolf of Wall Street. He kind of did it with Wolf of Wall Street. Kind of, sure. Kind of. He got slash, to play a finance bro slash kind of with Gatsby. <laughs> with like, Gatsby. Yes, you you know exactly the what sociopathic kind like. of what. Yes, I, I'm. I I think what's interesting is he tries to chase American Psycho because he wants to get out of the Titanic box. Sure, like yeah. he does not want to be whatever. Right, which is why he did the beach. Which is why he does the beach. Then what the fuck is he chasing the mummy for? Like the mummy is a big pot. That had he done this movie, he would have become a gigantic well, level about, of stardom. They didn't. Even if you want. think about the mummy and the beach, they both kind of live in this weird horror realm. Like if it was being marketed as a horror psychological whatever, yeah. in the same way that the beach was. Right. I can see the why. The beach is such a weird movie. The beach is so strange. That's it's a really weird movie. I think it's a weird movie. bad movie. I agree. I think it is a capital B bad uh, really? movie. Really? I and think, I yes. don't feel that way about many movies. Yeah, that's how I feel. Capital B bad. All right. I mean, I, I I haven't seen it since the theater, but I remember sitting in the theater and being like, this what is just weird. What was the other movie that he did that was kind of Shutter Island? Uh, well, it was well like, I like Shutter some Island. Some people love Shutter Island. I think Shutter Island is terrible. Uh-huh. I just do. I, I, the I, beach is just, it's. I think it's a terrible movie but with the a beach terrible is, twist. Uh, Okay, but the beach or or no, no, Shutter, no, Island? Shutter Island? Uh, I don't disagree that it's a. I don't disagree that, <laughs> people, that it's a, a bad talk, twist. But look, I don't think it's nearly as bad as Departed, which is truly the worst movie ever made. Are there any other, are there <laughs> any other Scorsese films you want to shit on while you're at it? Any uh, other ones? That, that, uh, don't love Kundun, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, Silence. Never, never sat through Kundun, but. Uh, <laughs> 
No, I. Oh but, my god. Uh, what were we talking about before? We're talking about the beach. Talking okay, about so the beach. So talking about DiCaprio. DiCaprio. Be bad. Yeah. He was committed to the beach. He couldn't. So he take couldn't the do role. it. The other people that were offered it: Tom Cruise, ironically, uh, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Chris O'Donnell, Matthew McConaughey were Is all there considered. Ever a role that doesn't get offered to both Ben Affleck and Matt Damon? Can they? I, I, I feel like not. they always get the same. Uh, it's it's Argo, especially in the nineties. <laughs> Any um, movies directed by Ben Affleck? <laughs> but Matthew McConaughey, I could see in this, hundred percent. I could too. And I guess he kind of did it with Sahara. Although, I mean, I don't know. Kind of. Depending on how you... What was the one... Is that the one that he was in with Kate Hudson? No, Where they that's both look like gold. rotisserie chickens in There's... a really good way. Like, they both look Do great. They, I get... On, on like... the poster. On the poster, they look like they're made of gold. They are. They're all, like, greased <laughs> Well, because it's called Fool's was Gold. Was Sahara period? Sahara yes. was, yeah. Because yeah. it was time Never travel, saw that right? Movie. Pen- uh, Penelope Cruz. Never in a million years would I watch I that I think movie. it was time travel. Am I wrong? It's such a shame we're not getting it in 99 or you would have had to watch it. I know. Well, I, I had to watch the movie. <laughs> uh, so that that's sort of the development of the film. I, I think that it's, I think it's interesting now to kind of look at what the mummy has wrought, if you will, or Me brought to. So I think that on, you know, just in terms of speaking about the dark universe a little bit and how it exists still. Kind of. I think some of these movies well, are still in development. It was announced a year ago, and they sent out that publicity photo of, you know, like Javier Bardem and Johnny Sophia Botella and Johnny Depp, and they were all in Russell Crowe. And Crow. Russell Crowe and Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise. And they were all posing, and it was like the goth Avengers. And wasn't Angelina <laughs> in it as well? Because she was. No, she wasn't in the picture, she but she was supposed to be in Bride of Frankenstein. Frankenstein for uh, what's his face? Who's Bill Condon. Yes. They, they, as far as I know, that wasn't ever official. It was I don't her think or it was Gal Gadot, a, which yes, I don't is think so weird, but. Really? Yeah, either the best actress in the history of the world or Cal Gadot, but... Don't you shade my Wonder wow, Woman. really? Don't you shade my Wonder Woman. She's, she's, she's great she's, as Wonder Woman. She's, you know what? She's really good. There's only, there's only one human being who is alive who should play the Bride of Frankenstein, and it is Angelina Jolie. She would oh, be yeah. fucking sure. incredible. Absolutely. Sure. No. I don't really need that movie, though. I, th- I I would like to see it with her. I really would. Bill Condon behind the camera. Sure, I, I that I'm that. I don't know I don't just stylistically. Him, I no, I don't have any. I think Bill Condon. Dream Girls is great. Um, but Gods I, and Monsters is great. Gods and Monsters is good too. But I also feel like um, so interesting. Gods and Gods yeah. and Mo- he did Gods and Monsters starring yeah. Brendan Fraser, Fraser and about James Whale who directed yeah. Frankenstein. That's so. Uh-huh. So I guess that, that's where the Bride of Frankenstein comes from. That makes total sense. That does, I so actually never made that yeah. connection. <laughs> like, I never made that connection. Second. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Not until you guys mentioned Gods and Monsters I was like right now. parsing <laughs> for the Beauty and the Beast parallel. I'm like, like, how does this relate to the Bride of Frankenstein? <laughs> I know, this guy could do anything he yeah. wants right now. But um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it would be great. I'm... Uh, I would love to see that movie. I would it. love to see Angelina. Let me clarify. I would love to see Angelina Jolie sure. as the Bride of Frankenstein. But do you need to see Johnny Depp as the Invisible no. Man? I really don't. But fortunately, <laughs> I really don't. I wish that. you all could have seen Keely's face. <laughs> a little bit of fear in her eyes. I'm, I'm like... going to say my joke again that you guys stepped on. Sorry. Sorry. Fortunately, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> there it yeah. is. Works on two levels. Yeah, it was pretty. You guys well, should put a canned laughter sound effect in there. Yeah. We don't do sound effects on this uh, podcast. The level, the level I meant was the Invisible Man one. <laughs> well, who else was going <laughs> to... <laughs> it was the dad joke oh, one. It's a shame. Um, Javier Bardem was going to be... Wolfman. The monster well, He was going to be Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. He was not going to be Wolfman. He was going to be the monster in Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. I, and I thought The Wolfman. Rock was being talked about for the Wolfman, if I'm not mistaken. Wolfman. Of course it was a minority who was going to play the Wolfman. <laughs> I mean, like... 
<laughs> no, I'm serious. And I, I think that I want to segue. I want to go back to Dark, Dark Universe. Oh, yes, honestly, yes, yes. But we have to talk about the movie at some point. Why? Pro- <laughs> we have to talk about the why, plot of the movie, why, why this is fucking problematic. It's very problematic. This movie? There, uh, I oh, mean, my is, God. It, who... The only... Yeah, okay. I mean, I I Odette Fair yeah. is a person of color. Yeah. That's... That's it. It, yeah. right? Benny, I'm pretty Benny sure, is a white guy I'm playing sure, yes. a Middle Eastern. There's, and then... There are two women. One is killed immediately. Yes. And then the, the whole... The whole concept... <laughs> Not a great look, guys. The whole concept of um, gl- uh, glorifying Tomb Raiders is pretty fucked. <laughs> Man, do I have some news for you about the Tomb Raider theme? Yeah. Wait, um, I haven't seen the new Tomb Raider. Is it there? Oh, man, I love Alicia Vikander so much. And the movie is just... Garbage. It's really... I, I feel like I'll watch so it one of these days. It'll it. be on it's HBO or something and I'll watch it. It's just so fucked up. This I, it, Like, the whole idea of Egyptian artifacts or artifacts from any culture anywhere. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Being stolen and put in museums or people's homes in Europe or America, and then making movies about how brave these fucking people are because they steal artifacts, is Pretty fucked up. At least in Indiana Jones, and this is the this is the subtle genius. To that. I was going to say, Indy it would be so in mad. It belongs in a museum. The subtle. Ge- oh, you got it out first. The <laughs> subtle genius of of the Indiana Jones movie is his rivals aren't the locals. His rivals are other white guys. Other really shitty white really guys. shitty yeah. Nazis shitty and commies right yeah so that's the subtle and whatever the, the temple of doom so it's like if well, I, if, that movie not so great if <laughs> I don't protect this artifact this other shittier fox. white dude yes. is gonna take it and weaponize it yes. and we don't want to weaponize it we want to put it in a museum that's at, that, at give the it the very, respect that it deserves at the very case. least they have that going for it yeah. but this will be doesn't this movie it doesn't. is just this should this, this is grave robbing this is just like this exactly. is yeah i mean i think par- they they hide a little bit behind the fact that there's a supernatural contingency to it in terms of like i think that they don't know where the gold is underground like there just seems to be kind of this like supernatural quality mm-hmm. to mysticism to it that makes it feel a little less tangible not to say any less morally questionable but i don't know there's just something about it that makes me feel it's a little different than indie trying to to steal an artifact. Yeah, I, I, I also just want to point out, of course, it's up its time. Yes. This was, this was not really a big topic at sure. the time. I don't really hold it against the movie, but I th- I'd feel 
negligent if we didn't point out how fucked this genre is. And I can't believe they made yeah. a movie in 2018 about this. But okay, yeah. Well, it's like the same. It's the same when we talk about Evie and like the representation, the representation of women in the movie. It's the same with the cultural representation. Is that we look through it with the lens of now, which doesn't make it any better. Like we could parse through any sort of small representation in the nineties and be like, well, this is how we could have improved it. Like it's good that it exists in any way, but of course it can be improved upon, you know? Well, and I and do not think to that, say that like Egyptian representation is so good in this movie. And, 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 <laughs> That's and, and, not what I mean. And, and to be honest with you, <laughs> and, and to be honest, that has literally nothing to do with my rating on this movie. Right. I, mm-hmm. I accept it for what it is at the time, you know, mm-hmm. just like I accept Uncle Tom, Tom's Cabin for what it was at the time. But it has to be pointed out. Of course, like, sure, sure. Movies like this should be re should be refocused. And I think like I didn't see Tomb Raider. But I assume it's the same. I mean, the recent Tomb Raider, I assume that it has a very similar issue. I've really tried to block it out, but I think that... uh, Better or worse than the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider? Oh, it's not as good. Because it has... Well, Alicia Vikander's kind of the new... I mean, to come back to your... That's... I hope that's not true. You think Gal Gadot is? Yes. Okay. I, I will think that also there's say only that, one Angelina yeah, Jolie, so do I. guys. Well, I don't even well, that's, yeah. But I would also say, too, that like it's that. so funny that you say there's totally only one right. woman who could play the Bride of Frankenstein, and I agree. There's also kind of only one woman that actually looks like Lara Croft, and it is Angelina Jolie. Like, she... Sure. If, if we are basing purely, this... purely look standpoint. That's what I'm saying. Like, as a video game, in terms of the, the actual physical qualities that Lara Croft has in the video game, she looks like Lara Croft. Uh, I liked the first Tomb Raider I remember seeing the first Tomb Raider when it came out. I thought it was fun. I have not seen it since. Do you think it's the best video game movie ever made? Because the list is the list. It's is real short, really short. It's that and Assassin's Creed. Is there anything else? Did I miss anything? Resident <laughs> Evil, Resident <laughs> Evil Two, Resident Evil Three. Well, I mean, Super Mario Brothers, Street Super Fighter. Mario Brothers. I mean, I don't. I'm trying They're to think of ones, but they mostly suck very hard. I, I think it might be the best I one. I think Mortal Kombat 1 is the best. I oh, Mortal Kombat is so good. I, oh, I forgot. I, I, I forgot so, that it was even based on a video yeah, game because that's how good a movie it, it is. is. It is good. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, it's great. Oh, really? The soundtrack kicks ass. It's so good. <laughs> and Bridget Wilson as Sonya Blade. She's so great. unexpected. Yeah, so she's good. so great. She's yeah, so this great. This podcast has careened so many different places. It really uh, has. Let's, one of my favorite. <laughs> do really enjoy it. Is there anything else you want to talk about on the dark universe of it all? Okay, of course, so the dark, so much. Yes, okay, so the dark universe. It was announced a like a little more about than a year, year ago, ago yes. like yes. a month and a year or something. And they released this really goth photo, and then you know the mummy came out, and it seemed like the release of the mummy kind of derailed their plans for it. And of course, no one ever publicly publicly acknowledged that, but right. it seems like the entire franchise has all but disappeared. But I think what's interesting is that. What we were talking about before is that the mummy, the original, not the original mummy, not the 30s version, but the 1989 version. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yawn. Um, No, I'm kidding. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. I'm just kidding. Please don't come for me. Um, Boris. Boris. (laughs) Putting the boar in Boris. (laughs) I'm kidding. It's a great movie. Um, Uh, But yes, the 99 mummy. The 99 mummy was like the first (laughs) franchise. For Paramount's first big franchise. This is Universal. But yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah. Universal's first big franchise. And I feel it, but I feel like that's not, that kind of stands apart from the Dark Universe. Well, I, I feel I, like it's not dark... its first big franchise. Jurassic Park is its first big franchise. All right, we got to cut this part out. This is just horrible. <laughs> I look no, so no, bad right now. It's, no, no, no. I mean, I think that, um, here's what I'll say though. I, I think I know what you're getting at, which is that this movie, 
launched a franchise in a, you can't say that Spielberg launches franchise because I don't really think that he does. Like I think that he's very, very specific about the movies that he allows them to make sequels of. I mean, Jaws, he's still pissed off that they made all the shitty Jaws movies. So he really holds that stuff very tightly. He's gonna die pretty angry because of that. On his death, but he's gonna be like, I can't believe Jaws they made Jaws 3D. <laughs> like, and and I'm sure that Universal will make a new Jaws the second that he passes away. But I do think that this movie had the the this was a real chance at a real franchise for Universal in a different way. You talk about sure. 99 Mummy. Yes. Okay. And that, I think that's what you were getting. Kind, kind of, but more that the Dark Universe, I feel like, is kind of the same studio response that most of the studios are having right now. to Marvel. In a post-MCU. Kind of, post post, yeah. yeah, in the post-Marvel world, it's like, it's been so successful and it's kind of driven so many movies and it's like, okay, well we can do, you know, like character movies and then also standalone movies. We have a whole business model now that's like kind of guaranteed success. I feel like that was kind of their answer to it. I agree. And I think that that's so hard to do. It's what Marvel has done is, is insane. Unbelievable. It is insane. Like it is and not it is to be believed. Incredibly impressive. Even if I'm not a fan of, maybe half of the movies that have been made in the MCU. Some of them are tremendous. Sure. And I've seen all of them. But also the connected so tissue of it all is that's like... What, that, yeah. The impressive part of, is the map insane. of what they've been exactly. able to accomplish. So I feel like that was kind of... that's Like looking at Infinity War, for instance, which I quite liked, but what's interesting about and you know that... I it, loved it. I know you did. <laughs> but I do think that the knives they juggled in that film tonally to be able to cover all of those characters in a way... That was a just a feat and that's, I don't think anyone, I mean, we're seeing it in the Star Wars. When we were talking about Star Wars, we were talking about how they're kind of tripping over themselves a little bit, trying to get that launched in, yeah. a, in a real way. And I think that... Another bringing in with Darth Maul. It's going right. to include the TV series. And who knows when they start including what, the books. What, like, we don't like, know well, don't, where it there's, ends. There's no game. It doesn't feel like there's a game plan. And Dark Universe, it feels similarly yes. that there wasn't much of a game plan. They but I also feel like plotted, they, have, you know, like, they have the same problem with you know, with the dark universe that you're talking about with star Wars is that you have an already established canon. And these are essentially, yes, obviously star Wars isn't remakes, but yes. it's a very stylized set of movies and you have to adhere to a certain formula and a look stylistically. And I feel like that's very similar with dark universe where it's so what's well, also, I, oh, go ahead, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. No. Um, <laughs> I think that there was already, I think, uh, first of all, obviously there was a canon for the Marvel characters well right? a million comic books, comic books? yeah but really? those are both with star wars and dark universe they're both movies well there i mean there were spider-man movies before that's there, true there's a whole there have been two two shots at a hulk movie two great hulk movies two well one great <laughs> one hulk great hulk movie. movie um and and they've they've, they've there there have been stuff so they weren't going into it with a clean slate they did have to like kind of re-educate us on what this movies these movies could look like which i think the dark universe could have done I honestly, first of all, I think everything you said, you guys said is true. I think it's incredible what they've pulled off. And the, the sheer ambition of it yeah. is, it's really one of the greatest feats we've ever seen. Maybe. The, it might maybe, ruin maybe, Hollywood, the, but it was incredible. You, well, you know what? It, 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 Sometimes things got to be ruined. It's, kinda, it's not I mean, a bad thing sure, always. It's kind of it's, it's like, like nuclear power. It's this unbelievable thing that uh -huh. changed everything and may also destroy the world. Um <laughs> But one thing that the Marvel Cinematic Universe did that Star Wars doesn't do and that DC's attempt doesn't do is every movie is sequential. So every movie builds on itself. And that's and, very smart. And, Good job. 
That's a very smart observation. And I, 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 X-Men doesn't do this either. So the, the Fox version of this doesn't. So Fox version has prequels. Well, they were unable to really for, find a connective also they have, binding. It's different. They have, their, own, they have their, own weird, they had their own weird issues, and they've tried to include ones that were made before they even considered the idea of like an X-Men universe. But... They've, so, but but yeah. that's that's their problem, right? And Star Wars is doing this now with these weird interstitial movies. DC Wonder Woman is out of time, and that's kind of weird in its own way. For now, um, I'm sort of out of time. I mean, she's in present day in some of these films, and in but some, Wonder Woman the movie yes, is out of time, and this yes, it is. Yes, it yes, takes yes, place yes, sixty yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah. And the second one is taking place, I believe, eighty four. Yeah, yeah. So that's weird in and of itself because these are prequels where you know fucking yes. characters are going to live. Yeah, and um, that's true. And the Dark Universe could have done, could and still can do that. Right, they still can if they do come to. Like, I, I, that's one thing I would always do is is have these movies build on each other, and I really think that's a reason that Solo didn't hit the way they wanted it to hit. I think they got to lose this fucking prequel idea. Right, and well, you don't want to see a Boba Fett origin story. I, you're going to I watch actually, it. Well, I'll, I'll see all the Star Wars movies, of yeah. course. Oh, but, of course. But no, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, no. I, like, no, I don't want to see anything. What was there? What was the really great, great tweet about? Like the one about the helmet. Boba Fett's like, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm like dying to see an origin story about the about guy, guy in the helmet in a who fell in a hole oh, yeah. <laughs> and accomplished nothing. <laughs> like, and we really know nothing about it. Yeah. It's unbelievable the way. Fucking fanboys have pushed this guy yeah. to the forefront because he has a cool helmet. He a, that's literally. There's well, for, no I mean, other reason. I mean, he's and I mean, and then he's he's all the clones. Super important. Oh, I do. I said on the podcast I liked yeah, that. I, 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 I just liked that there was an I origin know. story for the clones. That but I, I want to. I want to just. I I, I want to say not, one of the reasons that I think the Dark Universe Joba is that. What's his dad's name? Django. 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 Joba. Yo, a Jango. nice serious Jango's name. They're like, we got to come up with something good, guys. What about Django? What about John? It should have just been John, John Fett. Fett. <laughs> this fall on NBC, Joseph but Fett. I, I my the thing about the Dark Universe that I think is is problematic is all, and it's why I think we Capital never saw P problematic. No, oh lowercase p, lowercase p. Yeah. And it's why I think we never saw a Sinister Six movie, which is I don't think villains make good heroes. You still I, might see a Sinister Six movie. Mm, that's a Sony mm, thing. Like they'll just maybe. throw anything out there. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And I also think if that's what makes the 1999 mummy so good, right. is that it's not about it's the not monster. A, it's about the heroes. Like, and now I, that yeah. whole dark universe is about the monsters. That's and the it's problem. Like, I love that. Sure. But at the same time, it's not as compelling a story. There's, well, there's, there's never been a good movie about a villain. Well, and there's been good movies about antiheroes. There's been good movies about tragic heroes. Sure. There's never been a good movie. You're not excited. About you didn't like Suicide Squad? So, Suicide Squad I mean, isn't about villains. Suicide Squad. I, mean, I don't know what Suicide worse, Squad is about, and I better, saw it. It's uh, about it's about antiheroes. But like, okay. I mean, there's never be, like a villain. The mummy's a villain, and mummy's an unfeeling killing machine. Well, I know he but, loves a nox and a moon. Oh, that's actually, <laughs> actually. Let me let me let me let me. Uh, say, oh, you, right. you want you want to eat your words oh, now? Oh, no, are we getting no, into the plot? No, 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 no. no hold on, just one second. I, I no, just no, 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 no. I agree with you. That's actually one of my biggest problems with the movie. He's too sympathetic. Can I? I just want to say that. He's doing it for. I remember his robe when and his loincloth. He's never wearing any kind of clothing. But like, I don't Why get me wrong. He a I murderous think- king instead of the 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 priest who was killed for love and buried alive. There is <laughs> such a huge plot problem. I think with that, it's like this dude is shitty. 
let's kill him in such a way that if he ever comes back, he'll still be shitty, but also invincible. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm like, why don't we just kill yeah. him? But also, You're the one like, who said the script was good. I just want to put that out there. But, 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 uh, but, I, I, but, also, I do like but the also the point I really, I mean, that's, that's a big fucking problem. But also, <laughs> like, he is a fucking decent guy. Yeah. He really is like, he's, he's, he was back Ish. in the day. I don't know why they didn't make him a shitty guy back then. Yeah. Because then I wouldn't care so much when he's just. Well, but this, for the this taps into of, what I was about to say, is which is that really the villains, villain. but the monsters in the classic Universal monster movies were sympathetic. You well, cared about the cre- you cared about the creature from the Black Excuse Lagoon. Me, the monster. You cared about the monsters. They they were they were written in such a way that you had to care, so that it became complex and there was a sort of moral, moral gray zone. I don't want to see a bunch of the band together. I don't want to see the Avengers of monster movies necessarily. Maybe there's a great version of it. I don't know. I, I, but don't, I, I hope that's not what it would have been. That's exactly what they it would have been. They would have been. It was heroes. all about trying to, it was about finding some way to bind all of these characters together. Well, it was like they, very, the Hydra of it all was that like Russell Crowe was playing Jekyll. 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 And he was like the head of some company that yeah. monitored all of the evil goings on in the world. But it's like sometimes you got to fight evil with evil. But here's there's a version of it that I understand. And the version of it is. And I remember that this I'm was pretty sure that's Trump's exact philosophy <laughs> <laughs> that I remember kicking around uh, before the uh, uh, the 2017 mummy came out, which was that Tom Cruise was going to find out at the end of the movie that he was actually in the Van Helsing bloodline and he was going to become the new Van Helsing. And then Tom Cruise would be in all of these movies fighting all of these monsters that I understand. Totally. That's a version of, of the dark universe that I could get behind and be like, okay, he's the connective tissue in all of this. That makes sense to me. Now that's not ultimately what came to fruition, but that's a version that at least there's a binding agent that makes sense in all of this, and it's way less ambitious than I want those movies. To yeah, be. I don't think maybe, it's, it's but not it's that at least it makes sense. I'm not saying, I'm not yeah. saying it doesn't. Yeah. It's just not ambitious. It's not that there's not potential. It's that I think what you've said is correct, and that it's about the monster, and that's not necessarily what people want to see right yeah. now. Yeah, and I feel like that's just a thin premise to be like we're bringing back these monsters of old, and it's going to be all about those monsters and not about the new story that we're telling. Right. And maybe they need the opportunity to make those movies and prove that they're doing something different. I don't know if that's, but I don't, we'll see. I, mean, I don't know I don't, if that's I don't know if it's going to happen anymore. Let's talk about the plot of the mummy at an hour and 17 minutes into this podcast. <laughs> one, last, one last thing. Yes. No, sure. It's like a good movie made about a villain. Moving on. Oh, it's a great movie. There are, there are but good also movies kind made of a villains, campy but. movie, like a very stylized movie. Not that that matters. I, guess. I also, I don't want to see the Joker movie. I mean, I don't want to see movies about the villains, but no. I, okay. I just, what these movies, a Boba Fett origin story, a Joker standalone film. It's like, why do we, we a don't Willy need Wonka these. prequel. Uh, I would see that if it was Donald Glover. If it was Donald Glover, sure. I don't think it's going to be Donald Glover. He's on the list. I know. It's going to be Joseph Gordon-Levitt or something like that, and we're going to be like... Nobody will see that. (laughs) Nobody. Nobody will see that movie. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. (laughs) Who would see that movie? (laughs) I I don't know that it's going to be Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I just picked a name out of the air. Well, the the Gosling's on that list, too, but I also think nobody would see it, but like literally, like Joseph... That's crazy. The Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie will somehow, like, they'll owe us money. Like, we'll just... (laughs) We'll just get five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie opens with, as we mentioned, a fucking awesome shot of Egypt. They, sp- I mean, they clearly spent a shit ton of money on this first shot, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I will say that one of the bigger issues I have with the opening of this film is the voiceover, which I think is crazy handholdy and really annoying. Uh, I know why it's there. I understand the purpose that it serves, but I 
can't get on board with so much crazy exposition. I know that it's, you know, pre title sequence. So whatever, but I just, I, I just didn't really love it anyway, but we basically learned that there was this guy whose name is Emotep. Sure. So Emot- I didn't know that if that was his name prior to being mummified. Yes. What was his name? Yes, okay, it was. So that's his name. And it was also the she, name. Because she like screams his name before she. Emotep. Emotep. And she stabs herself. Uh, so, it was also the name of the mummy in the 32 version. Oh, there yes. And that was carried through. And there was Boris's also, version, if you will. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Ardeth Bay the name in the 19. Well, a name in. It was I think his so, yes. alter ego. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, the plots were pretty similar. Yes. So. So prior to um, our title card, we basically learned that this guy fell in love with the Pharaoh's wife. They had an affair. They were going to, they killed the Pharaoh and then the Pharaoh's guards turned on them, uh, killed her. And just before he was able to resuscitate her with some crazy magic spell. Yeah. Cause he's a priest. Cause he's, cause he's a priest. Um, yeah. That's also a, like a priest that's banging the Pharaoh's lady is well it's ancient egypt different rules that's a joke they made in the movie so maybe you like the script more than you think like on a subconscious <laughs> level getting uh, a little too frisky with the pharaoh's daughter so so the pharaoh's bodyguards stop imhotep from finishing the resurrection sends him to be a mummy they turn him into a mummy yeah and then quite possibly a potentially all powerful mummy who can come back and destroy the world problematic with a lowercase lower lower case case uh then, quite possibly, the cheesiest fucking title graphic shows up. Oh, like, but, but real, before that, we should get into how this guy was killed. I just think he was put like, in, a, in, a, in a sarcophagus. He was, in, a sar- he, in one he of several sarcophagi. <laughs> what's it called? The home dye? They yeah. cut out your tongue. Yep. Yes. They mummify you. They, they put pull you, out they your mummify organs. You alive. Mummify you alive. No, they don't pull out your organs. Oh, okay. They mummify you alive. But I, thought they, I thought his organs were in the jars. Hers are. Oh, so they mummify him alive and then they put him in this big sarcophagus. But before they close it, they put the flesh eating beetles and they can like stay alive. The fakest looking fucking beetles. Yeah, they're great, though. I I like the cheesiness of it, but I, you know. Yeah, they don't look well. They don't look great. They're also the size of like pancakes. Yeah. They're big. Uh, then there's this crazy opening battle that I that I still I, I find a, I found a little yeah, confusing as well. I didn't really understand the two sides. I didn't understand what they were fighting about. That doesn't make that I don't I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. So it opens with some crazy battle that that so Brendan Fraser is involved. At in. one point, I read online that that Rick is described as like French American, and I was like, well, I miss that. Like, yeah, I didn't catch that true. at all. Yeah, I don't know. He says at one point that he was like, my garrison went there, and all they found was sand and blood, and I was like. That's enough for me. He was with a garrison. I don't know who he was fighting. I, I, I so tried to he, find yeah. out the answer to this question. Uh, the internet does not know. I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't so, think. I don't think anybody knows. Yes, no one knows. Uh, it'll be lost to time. But uh, Rick O'Connell survives the opening battle. Yes. Um, when the mummy scares away the soldiers that are about to kill him. Yeah. It's a, it's a little weird. I don't really. It doesn't make a ton of sense yeah. that he's just like he's. I how I read it. Yeah. Was that he sensed humans and moved to the sand. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. So how I read it <laughs> is that there was a face in the sand in the movie. That's all I saw. Yep. Okay. So Evie's introduction uh-huh. uh, is she's in a so, in the library of this museum of artifacts. So we're about so, fifteen minutes in this movie. Yeah. Nothing makes sense. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I. But, but, but you're with it. You're Look, with. But it. you're it's with very it. romantic. It's very romantic. All I want is a guy who's going to preserve my organs and you know sacred jars. I know. Sounds great. He should be. Sounds the hero. awesome. Sounds like a guy every girl wants. <laughs> I do think. 
I, I, I am kind. Of, I was kind of taken, and I know I shot on it earlier, but I, I, I really was kind of taken by the the uh, set design in those opening shots. Yeah, I was kind of taken by the costuming in those opening yeah. shots. Like I thought it looked really cool, and it kind of got me. I, 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 I think all the builds, all the stage builds, yeah, I think actually look pretty cool. fantastic. And in in ancient Egypt's kind of an interesting place. I just love thinking 3000 years ago, they were that advanced. Well, this movie also, and and I I said this, or I wrote this down earlier, but like this movie looks fantastic. Yeah. I just said ancient Egypt's kind of an interesting place. (laughs) (laughs) Like literally. I don't know. Have you ever been to Minnesota? (laughs) It's all right. So, uh, kind of an interesting place. You you guys have here for this place. You know, uh, there were these pharaohs there. Good thing we put you on a a podcast. Yeah, seriously. Uh, But this movie, it looks great. It's got a really beautiful pattern to it it looks and feels like the desert obviously just in terms of the the color choices in terms of the way that it's actually shot it's very soft it's very warm but the colors pop even when it, it could have felt very monochromatic i think I, it there's I, okay well there you go but that, uh, it's just always a criticism uh, that i have of of movie set in this region they right. always just look like they I, but i think they've been they've been brushed i have with seen sand. but i've seen far far worse movies set it, movies that look far worse than this movie in this setting yeah. and then this anyway i also think the score by the late jerry goldsmith is fantastic it's a great it score it is so it's good it's a great score and he did what gremlins alien alien yeah like star trek movie <laughs> kenny's favorite oh it's rudy so the omen <laughs> um so uh the guy was a master we we are now introduced to to Evelyn or Evie. Uh, she knocks over a bunch of bookshelves in a in a ridiculous and really expensive looking sequence that a I, classic capable but clumsy woman <laughs> who, who knocks down all all these bookshelves like dominoes. She's so good at everything, what? but it's also char- But it is cute. It's charming too. Like spatial she awareness. sells it. Is the point I'm trying to make? Like She's she right. makes it work. Yeah. What could have played really bad. Somehow she finds the charm. Her quiet, horrified, oops, is adorable. <laughs> she, it's interesting. She has to play against that moment. Uh, the it's whole great. movie. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, but it, you brother, know what it is great. But it also gave it, me. A, I actually think it's good. It gave me a lot of anxiety as a kid. And I was like, how is she going to clean all that up? I, I thought I thought that just from a production perspective. I was like, oh, man. I was like, like that ooh, just, that's going to take so long. I was like, she's going to have to lift those It's a great shot, though. It's a great shot. It's an impressive. Th- anyway, uh, her brother shows up, Jonathan, um, who finds the map, who, who steals this little box. Right, and in the box is the map. But you are he, you are kind of glossing over how he shows up. This is the kind of man oh, yeah. who oh, hides, yes. willing yeah. to hide in a sarcophagi. It's um, a sarcophagus, sarcophagus, it's, it's sarcophagus. Singular. It's in one of several sarcophagi, um, <laughs> with a fucking mummified mummified body. Yeah. Just a just to scare his sister. He's but a you, prankster. You know what? I loved him. I thought he was. So He's a good. trickster. I thought he was. I thought Can he was he? so charming. He is great. I really. I thought he was an important character in this movie yeah. too. Yeah, he's great. Uh, you know, and he's actually very good in Four Wings and a Funeral as well. A film I don't particularly like, but and he's really sliding great doors. He's great in sliding doors. That's right, doors. he's in sliding doors as well. Uh, so Evelyn thinks the map could lead them to an underground city of Egyptian gold. Uh, Evie and Jonathan meet up with Rick, who has been imprisoned. I'm not sure how uh, in he the desert he somewhere. Was just looking for a good time. Good time. Yeah, whatever that means. Uh, so he got caught with a prostitute. I guess so. Uh, and Jonathan stole from him this box that has this map. Blah, blah, blah. Plot machinations. The three of them decide that they're going to go and, you know, fucking find the city of gold. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not, this is why, like, I gloss over it because it could have been done. Well, they save his life. 
Yes. That's his motivation is that they save his life. And that's, she saves his life by bartering with the guy who's imprisoned him. Yes. And she lets him in on the back end of the job uh, and gives him some, some points of back end on 10% or something like that or 20% of it. Yeah. Well, UTA takes 3% of course, but then after (laughs) maybe your representative, no, packaging Uh, joke guys, that is some inside (laughs) baseball right there. Um, Anyway, it. we're gonna we're gonna leave all our agents because of it. <laughs> oh my god, uh, that's ridiculous. So they help him get out of prison. They save him. Brendan Fraser almost died doing this stunt, being, yeah. being hung. Yeah, uh, and then they get on camels and they trek across the desert trying to find this. Uh, I mean, a lot city. of stuff happens that you're glazing over. There's a whole thing on the boat where the boat gets set on fire and the magi come and try to no, stop no, 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 them. No, I've, we've not. I no. Yeah, I mean they don't get on the camel until after the boat. Oh, you're right. Fail. I'm sorry. The Please. boat came first. The boat came first. The camel you're right. sequence it, is incredibly important. <laughs> tell us about the boat. The boat is great. I apologize. I didn't mean every, to, I, I, every no. once in a while we'll have a guest on. Oh, fuck. Who knows the film off the top of her oh, no. head right. better than film yeah. knows it while literally reading the synopses. Uh, if, do you want to? I mean, and, and then no. occasionally we ha- occasionally we hand it off doing good. to uh, said guest. The reason that I do this is because uh, we've been going for an hour and a half, and if, if Keely wants to get into every nook and cranny of this plot, we'll be here for all, all night. <laughs> Whatever. So I'm trying to keep us moving, but keep going, but keep the, going. Bo- the boat sequence is great. Um, it's great because again, it felt pretty practical. They built this boat. They did a lot of the fire effects. One thing we are glossing over that does matter. Evie falls in love with Rick immediately. Yeah, immediately. Immediately. Well, he, she does. She, he, that's a point he I do. He forcefully kisses her that's once, which up. is problematic. That's it's, problematic it's with a capital good. P. Yeah, it is problematic like, with a capital well, I, P. And when it happened in the film, I thought to myself, it's not even fun or charming. Like, do you know, like if, if you had felt like sparks between the two of them and then there was like this yeah. thing, but they don't really have that yet. They eventually get there, but it's not it's there a yet. Introduction so it's a character. shitty introduction. Yeah, it just I, makes I, his character seem rapey. I agree wholeheartedly. So, but... I did like the boat stuff. I thought the boat stuff was great. But to your point, they do fall in love immediately. I do like the moment when there's the shots that are coming at uh, Brendan Fraser and she pulls him away right before he's about to get shot. Yeah. Like, I like physical. I like. And there's a great moment when, like, uh, Jonathan goes in and the boat's on fire and he grabs, you know, the puzzle box and then the guy's claw, like, comes and, like, just stuff like that. Like, little details. Really fun. There is a a physical humor to this movie that I think is, is really fun. And Brendan Fraser. That's why Brendan Fraser is perfect for this movie. Totally. Especially during those knife or sword fights at the end. Are you being facetious right now? No, No, he's great. I love that. That's when this is in full Harry Hausen mode when he's fighting that stuff. Oh, it's so good. Which is great. Um, I like the sunrise reveal of the hidden city. That was cool. I thought that was fun. I thought that was cool. Uh, I liked also the reflective mirrors underground using the light from above ground. Again, all that stuff, like, not to keep harping on this, but again, like, the physical elements of this, like using practical stuff and you're seeing people be smart with physical things rather than just barfing up expositional dialogue sure, all the time. Sure. Uh, I thought the bug that crawls under the guy's skin is gross and awesome. Yep, I thought that was, that. that was super fun. Uh, there, there's a lot of kind of simple innovation in this movie. You just, yeah. you just hit on about three or four things. Just these like simple things that a good movie will do. Right. You know, not wasting these moments. So, and also just, you know, and I think I've certainly, I think I've said this uh, before, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase, there's a, a great Billy Wilder quote about how if you can if you can help the audience put two and two together, they'll love you forever. 
And I think that movies like this, where it's like just the little things that people are like, oh, that's a cool little thing that makes your audience feel smart. And you're watching the heroes be smart at the same time. It's just, it's all, I think it's great. I think it's also interesting that it's over an hour before they release The Mummy. Yeah. You know, in a two hour movie, The Mummy would have been, I mean, I, today, The Mummy would have been released probably in, in the cold open. Yeah. I mean, it, so it's, it, it is a testament to. Which, which it was, but go ahead. What? We do see there him in the cold There was a mummy open. in the cold <laughs> Yeah. I, I, <laughs> but you understand what I, I'm yes. saying. Of course, of course. Uh, I, I think that there is something very, I don't know, the, the patience this movie has and also the fun this movie is having in the ramp up to the mummy yeah, I is th- a testament to how good the that's movie is. A, I think it's, like you said, it's smart fun. Yeah. And I it's also, just great. And I think this movie succeeded at the box office, but also, you know, kind of contextually in a way that Wild Wild West... <laughs> Failed. The what oh, an interesting wild, wild parallel. West. Well, they're they're similar. In, they're not dissimilar. Yeah, yeah, they're similar in their own like little ways. They're you know they're two handers. They're kind of two people on a journey and yeah. into a an un an unsettled place. I guess you could say lots of sand. Lots of lots sand. of sand is really what I'm going for. Yeah. Um. But All the plot stuff aside, let's nothing, just talk about the sand. Nothing about Wild Wild West is um germane to what they're doing. And no. And it's all this random bullshit thrown at this movie. <laughs> yeah. Whereas uh, the mummy, oh to God. its great credit, stays in its lane. And it does. That's it does that's, stay in its lane, and it yeah. follows a very tight narrative through line. Mm-hmm. It's a simple story, and it doesn't try to not be a simple story. That's what I said. Uh, clear goals but, and motivations, simple, relatable characterizations, yeah. clever moment based humor. Yeah, like yes. I mean, it's it's just exactly. that's that's why it's it that all simple. Works. And you have a charismatic hero. You have a charismatic. You have a whole charismatic we, cast. We disagree on that, but. You know, but right, I also, right. I, I do yes, want to right, say right. though, and not that you know we're going to relitigate Wild Wild West right now because that's not what we're going to do. But I do tune in next week. Tune in next week for West Wild Wild West Redux. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think that there is something to be said for the fact that if you look at Men in Black in comparison to Wild Wild West, and we talked about this on our podcast, but just that movie is able to juggle all those knives. Men in Black is Wild Wild West obviously does not. So when it works. You have a movie that is just that pops so well and does so many things so well and is so insanely rewatchable um, and is bold in the swings that it takes. You can't help but, I think, on some level, respect that more than something like The Mummy that knows what it's doing and hitting all of its marks and trying to sort of do that stuff, but it's also not taking any big swings. When it works, it's my favorite kind of movie. Right. Like Ocean's but when Eleven it doesn't, is like my favorite fucking kind of movie. Yes, right. Oh. So I, I, again, this is not, I'm not trying to ding The Mummy. I'm just saying that there's, there's something to be said for what The Mummy does very, very well. The rewatchability of that movie, the lightness of that movie, the, it's, it's doing a lot of shit mm-hmm. really, really well. I don't disagree with you, but, but I also like, think that that's know. not what the, that's not it's what the mummy is. For. No, I know. Like, and it's, it's part of that genre of movie that again, like you said, stays in its lane mm-hmm. and it's a very yeah. like self-contained thing. And it's like, okay, we have a beginning, a middle and an end. We have a goal to get to, and we're going to get to it as yes. simply as possible. Which is why it's a clean story. I'm and not, it's, it's not necessarily innovative, but it is, it's comforting. Yes. I think that's why totally. it it's so the mac well. and cheese of it movies. Is, it really is. I think it, I think that's why it did so well. The the yeah, absolutely marketing promised a certain kind of movie, and I believe it over delivered on that kind of movie. Mm-hmm. It was a movie that people were interested to see, mm-hmm. and I think it over delivers on that kind of movie. It's like whereas, a B movie that ended up being like a B, a B plus, plus A minus B plus movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I, I mean, do think know, it's, if we're going to talk about the, the, we are obviously talking about the plot, but I do think it's a little weird that like all this crazy shit keeps happening. And yet our heroes just stop to keep drinking around the, the campfire. Like it happens like two or three times where it's like, whoa. Can and then it's like, sure we got there's a reason for that, right? We had to sit around the campfire and we got to barf up some expo in order to explain what's going on. You mean like during which part when they get to Hominoptera? Like there's, in the there's beginning? Like, there's at least two different moments where like, crazy shit happens where the diggers get melted diggers get melted bugs swarm whatever it is and then they'll be like we should we should there is one funny moment where they kind of address it where there's like a creepy wind sound effect and rick's like that keeps happening around here but i mean like other than that i just (laughs) feel like they kept they just kept the action moving forward well i I also think i think it was a necessity yeah there are big leaps here sure and i think that ultimately they figured fuck it we'll just kind of but again hit the brakes for five minutes and just have this scene and then we'll go back to doing what we're doing sure but it's also like not a historical movie where it's like how would people naturally react to this it's a thing it's a it's it's like a precarious thing i'm not looking for that i'm just surprised that they keep going back above ground hanging out by the fire then they go back in then they go back it's it, there's a little ping pongy quality sure. to it but again i don't really care i'm just saying it's a little funny sure yeah um the mummy carcass finally comes alive it does and it's still juicy it's <laughs> <laughs> there's no bigger fan than kenny of you right now by the way she's a, she's a funny person she's what funny. can i say she is she is uh the mummy carcass comes alive uh and the effects of that looked great oh it looks so good but and then it's there followed is by a the moment locust, that has haunted me since my childhood oh yeah is when he falls out and they look at him and they're like I forget, I forget what they say, but they, it's like the first time they see him and they're like, he must have done something really bad or something similar. Yes. And it zooms in on him and it shows his face and there's this scream sound effect mm-hmm. that I can't, it's like, <laughs> you can't shake it. it's burned in my brain. And when I rewatched it, it was like, I was afraid all over again and nothing else in that That's movie That's why your parents didn't me. want you to watch this movie. They were right. My parents, <laughs> yes. smart <laughs> Midwestern people. Best. That's why, it yeah. was, but it's like this really specific sound effect that sounds like a person, it kind of sounds like a woman, like screaming and I'd never heard it before. Speaking of screaming, yeah. Rachel Weiss, not great at it. Oh, she's such a bad scream. <laughs> she is a terrible yeah. scream. Oh my God, it's ah! not great. You'd think that'd be no, part of the audition. No, it's not even like, it's like, ah! It's, it's very, it's, it's like, real- ah! <laughs> it is not great. It's like a muffin it's screaming. Like, <laughs> her arms yeah, flail. It's and really yeah. she's not great at it. She's not a great screamer. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it is what it when is. When she turns around, he's there. Ooh. Yeah. It's what a ah! weird. Ah, it's not even high pitch. It's just like her. She's like, ah, like, it's very. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. It's not great. It's not good. Uh, Benji or Benny, Benny. Sorry. I'm curious as to how you guys felt about the scene with the religious uh, necklaces and symbology. Because I was game for it at first. So I was like, oh, this guy's like a conner. He's a huckster. He's like, he's going to try all the different religions to see if any of them work. But like, then one like of the, them works like and it's the, not great. Oh, like the yeah, brother like, in Varsity <laughs> Blues. <laughs> a little bit. Like the brother in Varsity Blues. It, exactly. All right. So <laughs> like, I'm going to defend it half a second. Okay, it would please. be really, really not great if he was actually Jewish. <laughs> okay. But the reason it works, uh-huh. and this is, I think this is some really dumb screenwriter who did this, but it's because he can speak Hebrew. And presumably, yes, the but, Egyptians yes. knew some Hebrew, mm-hmm. right? Because they enslaved the, the Hebrews. Hebrews. Yes. So that's the reason it kind of 
kind of works. And he says the language but, of the slaves. Yes, yes. But the reason it would have been really gross if he was Jewish, of course, is that then he bribes him with his weight in gold. That was what was that was the thing that made me go like, I'm fine with this. Ha! But uh, he's not Hebrew, actually Jewish, so it's just incidental. really with the gold. <laughs> like I just I mean, that was a maybe little bit the, maybe the mummy was anti-Semitic, but you know he's already a villain like. I'm rooting for the guy anyway. Well, you know, he's, uh, he's like, oh, it's a Jew. I should bribe him with gold. Yeah, I'm Jewish. I can say what yeah, I want. Yeah, no, that's basically <laughs> what I was thinking as it was happening. Um, the mummy steals organs from one of the thieves to be made whole again. Right? He takes his eyes. He does. Say, oh, yes, yeah. And it's does. so funny because like watching it this time around, yeah. is, I related to Burns. I was like, I would be the guy who like steps on his glasses and I can't see. And I get eaten by the mummy. Wait, you you can't see? <laughs> Like if someone stepped on my glasses. But if I took your eyes, well, oh, well, then that, I would yes. be able to see you would. like the mummy. But he he gets caught by the mummy at first because someone steps on his glasses. No, and he but how see. weird is it this guy's faulty eyes and then the mummy steals his eyes and these eyes work now? Oh my God. You just blew this... Keely's mind. <laughs> you just found the biggest hole that in the movie for thank Keely. You. Thank is, you. Like everything that Phil said, I'm like, it's fine. He's like, what is eyes? And I'm like, holy yeah, shit. They're bad eyes. My yeah. child. You pick some bum eyes. Why they work? I don't know the bad eyes. <laughs> but I guess if you had no eyes, and then you have eyes that are like kind of like kind of blurry. You know it. I mean, I have 20, 20, 20, 20 vision, guys. So yeah, I'm humble but brag. You, know, you can see something without it, right? Yeah, glasses? yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not great. Shapes. Good, good no n- one would want it. Good you know enough what I mean? to eat a guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, definitely not. Oh my god, that also, is such a good point. Whatever they the the carcasses or the like sucked versions of the bodies look so fake. Weren't they from? Didn't they say that they use those props from like Probably, another movie? From some other shitty movie, I'm sure. Which is really funny. Uh, okay, and then Ben tells or Benny tells Rick and Jonathan that the mummy needs the book of the dead to bring back his girlfriend and use Evie's body. Yeah. Uh, here's one of the things that I feel like they kind of left money on the table with. I wish that they used the sand more like the liquid metal in the T1000 in T2. Oh, like I think that they could have because they did kind of do it. Well, a little they did bit. in that one scene when he comes Barely. to the keyhole. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Like I was like, right. oh shit, this is such a fucking cool thing. Like the sand will come through and then he'll grow out of this. Yeah, it never happened. So and like he turns into <laughs> working like, on a budget here. <laughs> like just pour some sand through the keyhole. They'll get it. Like, they'll make it. <laughs> All right, Touché. now walk toward the bed. Fair enough. Because <laughs> literally, that's what the sand all, comes all through. Is a funnel. Then they cut to a shot of Evie in the bed. It's like an intern with like a funnel and like a sandbag. He's like, "Why am I doing this? I have like but a BFA not- from Berkeley." And that intern was Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> but what's interesting? It's so funny that you say that because yes, the sand pours through and it's cool, and there's like a pile of sand, and then they cut to a shot of the bed, yeah. and he just walks into oh, shot. Yeah. Yep. I guess that makes sense, but it's still it's it would working it's a on a budget. Budget, working baby. On, working budget. On a budget. But you're right. They could have done some T2. They could have done stuff. some T because instead, like they do the the sandstorm stuff, which is cool. But I don't know. I just felt like we yeah, could. They seen also more of do it. have that fun scene when he has the cat. Emotep's one flaw is he's that's not right a cat now. person, yep. and that's like <laughs> really a bummer. That's one of the best scenes in the movie. It's, it's so hysterical. great. Yeah. But then he like there's that scene when he like becomes a sand, and then he like <laughs> out the window, and then like the window shut. Yeah, and it's cool. So they kind of do it there, but I know what you're saying about bit. like where they don't really yeah. utilize him moving his sand and like, you know, doing yeah. cool effects. It would have been nice to see. Uh, but the cat joke is fucking primo. I bet someone made the point you just made in post and they're like, <laughs> and they're just like, and they're like, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah. no. 
yeah, yeah, totally. Um, the interns in the corner, like silently so weeping. Water. Water. <laughs> so the I could have done so much more. Oh, your joke was that the inter. My yeah. joke was the intern in the corner made that point. He's like, oh, the intern made the point. What if? Oh, they're what like, if? shut up, intern. Shut up. <laughs> Take your funnel and go. He was like, I'm going to make pie. Aronofsky. Yeah. Um, yes, no, I understood. Not actual pie. <laughs> but I like that too. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you know that? Oh, we also talk about Atrash. Do you know that at Atrash? Kenny used to work on Atrash. You know uh, yes. Yeah. You know that Atrash television show, Atrash, hit show, it. <laughs> Um, you know that and I'm not making this up. <laughs> Tell you so. This is real. This is real. Oh Talk God. about some shit you had to do when you were an intern. <laughs> I swear to God, this is real. <laughs> so Doug Allen and Darren Aronofsky went to um, AFI oh together, and they were sure. friends. Sure, they may still be friends. And Darren was Darren Aronofsky. He was never in the office, but he was always. Um, he always kind of communicated with Doug about the show. So Darren Aronofsky was kind of this weird presence, like like around this the myth, mystical presence around the show. <laughs> um, as an homage to Darren Aronofsky, we had an episode that we called <laughs> Pie, but it was an episode about a physical pie. Yes. So the title of the episode was not P.I.E. and it was not the Pie Sign. It was a picture of a pie <laughs> drawn by one of the writers that I had to that I had to photograph or pho- photocopy onto the cover page. Oh my of god! The, of the of the front of, of the, the title page, and it was that was the title: a picture, uh, a hand drawn picture of a pie. And it was like it was like six oh nine, something like that. If you look it up on on HBO, it says the title's pie, but that was not the title. The title was it's like Prince. The title was was a picture of a pie. It's like Prince. Yes, it's like, it's like the artist I, formerly known yes, as Pie. Yes. Wow. Good. Good. Not secret or bad. Non secret. No, I liked it. Good, I liked it. I good. liked it. Yeah. yeah it's a little <laughs> bit of a, it's a little bit of a deep cut for it's all the Entourage f- fans that listen to this. <laughs> no. Well, you know, this is this is also an Entourage podcast. It's true. Occasionally. Yeah. Uh, Anyone see Gotti this weekend? Moving on. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the mummy fully regenerates and asks Evie to come with him. So I read that there, once he's fully regenerated, there was originally a line where she looked at him and she was supposed to say, he's, he's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, I read that too. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, that, that didn't make it in because he is. But at the same time, like that would have been so weird, right? Yeah. For her, for her to be like, he's gorgeous. Yeah. It would have been really weird. Like, I'm allowed to think that, but she's not allowed to oh, think no, that. She's, she's in obviously into it. Rick. It would have been bad. No, not because she's into Rick. What um, the? No, not because she's into Rick. Oh, my God, she, Phil. Phil. Have you learned nothing, Phil? <laughs> it, would have been, it would have been bad because it would have, Maybe. It would have, it would have undermined this character. Totally. Exactly. But that being said, yeah. it would have been hilarious. It would have been funny, but I feel like it would have been totally off for what the movie is. Yeah. Like, that'd be something that happens I would have preferred, now. you it know, Jonathan saying it. Or something, that, you know oh, what I that mean? That would like, be funny. Whatever, like I, I, I mean, I think that Rick. they could have or Rick, Rick, yeah, <laughs> like he's a pretty good looking guy. Rick, yeah. Sure, no, he's so, gorgeous. I would say that I'm a super masculine guy. Run on trust. So the mummy fully regenerates at this point. <laughs> asks Evie to come with her, him. Uh, she goes with him, so her friends are spared. But then they're not because he says kill them anyway. But he then does, they're able to but get. Then him they there. escape. I yeah, don't know. It's kind of pointless. But then it also like I guess he didn't kill them, and if he had killed them, they would have died, and you know whatever. It's I weird. don't know. It's uh, strange. The plane chase sequence is great. 
Winston is the best character in the movie. When they're like, you <laughs> might he die. He's like, do puddle? you really think so? Oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> Someone spilled their drink here. He's just like, I, he's like an alcoholic. He's like, I want to die. I'm like, I relate. Like, this is great. And he dies with a smile on his face, by the he way. He does. Yeah. Like, he gets eaten by quicksand. <laughs> it's great. I it's love great. Winston. That whole, that whole sequence though. That's what the quicksand is. great. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Entourage writer. I was going to say, this is an entourage writer. This is an entourage writer. Entourage. Hitch on HBO over here. Are you I'm drunk? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sober. You know that. <laughs> I actually am an alcoholic. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. That really hit over it. Really Keely's like, I'm an I could relate. I'm like, can you? Can you really relate? Can we talk about it? <laughs> Be like, turn off the mic. Let's talk about this. Oh we actually God. did that in the Eddie Urban Here podcast. <laughs> yeah, Eddie Urban Here, we had to turn it off. She, that was oh one of her favorite God. episodes. Oh, I, you know, I yeah. listened to that a couple nights ago. We, we really handled that nicely. I thought we did a yeah. great job on yeah. that episode. I was very proud of um, it. But it definitely has that vibe of like, like when we when we go I away and come when, back, I love when Rochelle is like, yeah. she's like, should we? Should we just, just so, take a second off, Mike? So we've oh eaten our own tail here. We're now doing a podcast <laughs> about our own podcast. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, oh so the plane God. sequence is great. Winston dies. Uh, Rick like really weakly salutes him. Like he's like, mm. it's, oh, like yeah. it's like such a like. He's like, I was uh, in a garrison, but no yeah. one really knows yeah. what that means. It's so, just kind of disrespectful. It's kind of like Trump salute to the North Korean oh, Jesus. Jesus. Like, oh, I was like, wow. Well, I, I guess I'll salute. I you guess I, I guess I'm supposed to. Look at what you're wearing. Uh, the mummy awakens an army of the dead at this point. Uh, kind of, sort of, two of them, and yeah. then he says, "Wake everyone else. I know. We don't have the money to show any more than two. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wake them all. <laughs> Wake them all up. Get them. So it's uh, We're like going around. Get like, your dead friends. <laughs> get your dead friends. All right. This is so this, this, turn, this, this, this was a great podcast it was. for so long. We've got so far off. It's okay. Rails. Uh Rick and Jonathan find the book of this gold. Is what everyone wanted. Like really a lot of people wanted the mummy. Like a lot this of people is, were like, listen, I think we're giving them a great a lot episode. Of people were like, you gotta do the mummy, you gotta do the mummy. Here's your mummy. Here's I guess you wanted your mummy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kenny summed it up <laughs> next week. Um, uh, okay. So yeah, we're now at the point where they got the book of gold. They're turning. Keely's so sad right now. I'm just dying. She is not um, sad. Oh my so, gosh. She's, like weeping. I mean, she's, she's crying. My glasses are fogging up. I'm just like. Uh, so I guess the book of gold is the, is the opposite of the book of the well, they dead. Mixed, they mixed up the locations of the books. So okay. she thought that they were looking Africa. for like. It, it figures a librarian would be the one. I, to figure that oh out. yeah, they're like they mixed up the books. Like the cataloging <laughs> is incorrect. Um, but it is like one was I forget one was supposed to be one buried was, at the yeah. base of Anubis or something. So the book of that one was, death brings him to life. The book yes. of life takes life away. Brings him to yes. death, right? Yeah. It, takes yeah. away <laughs> takes away his mortality. His immortality. Yep, 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 yep. Anyway, they so find the fucking book of gold. They find and, the gold yeah. book. Yeah, yeah, which is what she wanted all along. She was like, I'm looking for a book. Right. And then Jonathan is able to use that book to control the soldiers, the, the dead army guys. Yeah. Uh, and But it takes them a while because they have to get the key from his yeah. robes, and it's like a whole farce. It's a whole thing. thing. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, we get 
possibly the best action scene in the movie, which is Brendan Fraser and a sword just fucking kicking ass. Oh my god, it's so great! And it's just, so much and fun. It's, and it's great, it and it's and it's a wonder like going all the way around yeah. him, and it's it's fantastic. And it's clearly him, which you know, yeah. uh, not to stunt shame anyone, mm-hmm. not Tom Cruise, but yeah. is he looks so good? You he can tell great. it's him doing it, yeah, and great. like the shots are so smooth. There are no like weird cutaways of a guy in like yeah. a Brendan Fraser wig, and he's so funny. Like his fight yeah. timing is it's so great. good. Well, he has, he has amazing physical comedy. comedy and and he's just he's hitting all the beats his in comedic that chops are incredible it's great. It's great. i'm it's so, so happy he's back because these, this, this whole thing would be a little like i know macabre i know if if, if this was like 18 months ago and we're like where is where ben is he frazier it's so nice that he's back i am rooting so hard for him to have an incredible 25 years i really am too yeah, i really great. i'm more invested in his career than like I can't think of anyone except for Reese Witherspoon, whose career I'm more invested in. Sure. Yeah, I mean, either. I think Reese is she's doing one great. okay right now. Like, she doesn't need me, but Brendan needs me. I Brendan love, does you need know? you. Yeah. Did you see Home Again? Oh, yeah. Great yes. movie. So good. I, I loved it. I think I told you, I, 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 yeah, I loved him so much because it was so committed to the idea that people are good. Yes. You know? <laughs> Now you're gonna make her cry again. It really is. It, it just has a it has a really beautiful soul. It's such a weird thing to say about this movie, but like there are no actual villains. Everybody's oh. trying so hard to be nice to people. It's lovely. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so yeah, Evie uses the book of gold to take the mummy's immortality. Yes, and they uh, come and ride on that carriage and drag his yeah. soul away, and it's. Great. It's great. It's kind of like yeah, was, at the end awesome. of Ghost. And there's like a yeah. really <laughs> when the ghoulies come and take away Tony <laughs> Tony Goldwyn. Yeah. yeah. To ha- it felt like that to me. It would have I was like, and then back. she danced with Whoopi Goldberg. I don't understand. How is it like Ghost? And then I got it. And then you were like the ghoulies. It was the ghoulies. <laughs> so I thought it was it was different. Yes. And this it all, is different. Oh, <laughs> it this, was different. It's a very clunky segue into a point I wanted to make on podcast. This is a very similar plot to Ghostbusters too. Anyone? Anyone? Uh, With the yeah. Benny part, the Peter McNichol part. Yeah, yeah. And this guy has this weird little side, like this this ancient dead That's guy. That's a good point. Yeah, kick. I see all that. All he wants is like I guess the only sticking and... point is like the slime. There's no equivalent of the slime. <laughs> sure there is. That black, the bugs. The black, weird black pool that he dies in. The weird black pool. That's yeah. like the slime. Oh. It's like a pool of souls or something. Yeah, souls. We never yeah. find out. That's what slime is. Slime of souls. Yeah. Basically, at this point, that's, he, Yeah, that's interesting. She right? takes his immortality and no Rick stabs him. By the way, no one knows what slime is, and it's probably souls. Pro- yeah. No one knows but Kenny. <laughs> Nickelodeon just got super dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you just changed the whole network. That is really funny. Yeah. The only place you find slime <laughs> is in ghost shit and Nickelodeon. All the kids yeah. who were on Double Dare yeah. as kids. There's like, just, wait, that's souls? souls. <laughs> They're like, oh, like, shit. green. Yeah. Oh, slime man. is people. Uh, Have you seen D- Drop That Gorgeous? I've never seen it. I know that Jarrett was on. It's gave it, so, gave it like a, oh my God, you have no idea. I gave it like 120 out of 99. That was, that was easily one of our best episodes. I mean, this has been fantastic. Wow, Not to guys, suggest that I'm it still has, here. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you're, no, you're seriously. sitting right here. You're, you're friends with Jarrett from his BuzzFeed he, days? Yeah, he's my, uh, he was my work husband, and now he's my estranged husband who I love with all of my heart. I used to be able to see him every day, mm. and I had a little tiny hand I that I would put my videos. finger and wave at him. It was weird. Oh, I miss him so much. I would love you to have a It was a hand, on. though. So he's still my husband. We're just estranged because I don't get to see him for eight hours Phil, a day. Phil, we should have them on together because... Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I've, I've never cried more than I've cried over these last two podcasts. If we have them on together, though, you might not make it through the podcast. I, I, 
I've had. I I wish I were at the BuzzFeed. Like that would back when <laughs> you, you say guys, at the BuzzFeed. Isn't that what it's called? The but no, I said I didn't even say at. <laughs> this is recorded, so you'll know that I didn't say. It. <laughs> Here's what uh, we like. So Jared wants to come back on for the haunting. Oh my god! I haven't seen that movie in years. Well, then I think you guys should come on for the haunting. Okay, and make the haunting. Time. Arguably our best episode on oh, a shitty and movie. That movie, yeah, is no good. Awesome. Oh my god. Oh my. Is it because god. it's directed by the director That's of Twister? Like, but it's Yon Debat. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh. That's why you love it so much. My personal Jesus, Yon Debat. Uh, or did no, he do something in '98? I think he did. No, you're right. You're right. It is. Oh, it is we, his follow up. Keely, you're the perfect person. Uh, yeah. Hey. So. uh the mummy just fucking gets his immortality. I just, I'm just like, we need to finish this. The mummy yes, yes, yes. Uh, has his immortality taken from him. Rick stabs him. And then uh, it zooms in on Evie, Evie and she's like, he's mortal. And yeah. that's great. But I oh, right, so. And then he falls into the pool of evil souls. Let me just get through this slime. really quickly. Okay. Black yes, the black slime. Uh, the effects are not great when he They're gets not. into that pool. He uh, says his line. He says his line, but what's interesting is, so he says a line and then Evie says, death is only the beginning. Yes. No one asks her. Like all, all you needed <laughs> was I for mean, Rick to be like, what did he say? Wondering, they're but, all wondering. But like, there was, I feel uh, like my point that's is, implied. there's a funny, there's a funny ask there that could have been great. Where Rick's like, what does that mean? And she's like, death is only the beginning. And it, I, I just, I, her saying it apropos of nothing just kind of bugged me. Well, it was apropos of um, there's still 15 minutes left in this movie per the bottom scroll. I'm yeah. like, yeah. what's going on? Like, yeah. how could there possibly? Oh, death is only the beginning. So net, there's more stuff yeah move on i've had so many better jokes um <laughs> oh yeah. i get i was, I was like, like yeah good what's point happening? i was like what yeah. are you talking about remember, <laughs> remember when i made that point about the eyes let's talk about that let's talk about the pie again <laughs> can we talk about the pie oh, sure. so, <laughs> so doug and darren aronofsky <laughs> so here's what i will say though they get out of there and, and it turns into a bit of a cgi like theme park ride like it just turns into like them just like running from things oh, falling down. We and should it's talk just about like, the actual theme park ride. Love it. Oh, I've never, I never did it. It's so good. It is. It's great. What's best, it called? Best ride universal. The mummy. Yeah. It is the best ride universal. It's and it's actually, close. is it still there? Yeah. Okay. It's legit. It's a perfect roller coaster because it's indoors. I it's love dark. An indoor roller coaster. Yeah. And you go one way and then it brings you back backwards. So and it's actually scary. It's actually scary. It's fast. It's fun. It's not like terrifying. It's not like being outdoors and doing like loops upside down. It's great though. I've never roll- been on a roller coaster. This, oh, ever? All right. Well, the no. scariest roller coaster right. I've never been in to the Disneyland. entire world. Oh man, we should go. We'd is have this a, a Canadian thing or is this? Uh, a I went thing? to Disney World once. Uh, same thing. Yeah. Disney World is uh, is better. Disneyland is great though. All right, so the scariest roller coaster in the world <laughs> is uh, is at California Adventure. It's oh. called Goofy's Goofy's Flight School. <laughs> oh my. You don't understand. I do. I've been on it. I went on that ride with my mother, and I have never been so scared because in my life. it seems like a baby ride, and it's, I went on with my six-year-old I daughter. I cannot believe that you're saying this to me right now, because I got on that ride, and all of the color was gone from my face, and I was, like, leaning up against, like, a pole, and she was dying. She was like, what is wrong with you? I was like, that is the most what harrowing was, experience I've ever It's so I've- scary. It's... it's- <laughs> It's, I can't I believe, cannot believe you're goofy. saying this. I did it with my. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I literally have no idea what's this happening. This is like bigger than the eyes thing. Like, this is crazy. 
It's terrifying. Why is this so it, scary? It looks like a kitty. She'll explain. This is so off topic, but it's it looks I mean, like a kitty ride. Done. You're like in, you're in a little like two person cart. I hope you enjoyed this this podcast. <laughs> On the mummy <laughs> and everything. And, and, well, it's also our last mummy. podcast because we're going to get canceled after this. <laughs> Why? Well, Ernie's gone. I'm just kidding. Oh my God. <laughs> Ernie just waved at us from the other room. <laughs> Wait, why is the goofy ride no, so I scary? Feel like you should explain it. The goofy ride is so scary. Because unlike most roller coasters, it's not up and down and loop to loop. The beginning of this ride <laughs> are straight aheads. What's that mean? You're, no, you're on a flat oh, surface okay. in a roller coaster sure. car. And it, it fucking gaslights like- you is what it does. <laughs> you got no fucking clues and happy colors. Yeah, it's all it, like, do-do-do-do-do. It's like, it, it looks like Goofy's going to teach you how to fly and he's going to do a bad job. It looks like a baby roller coaster. You are going straight ahead. And it looks like you were going off the side like of the roller coaster. Like you can't see the railing. Like you're going straight, straight forward. forward. And, then it, and then it careens to the left. 180 throws you around and then, that, and then it does and it's like so bumpy and it does and it so like jarring 50 times it does it doesn't no like she's exaggerating it's like 48 more times and it does and then so that's scary so is it it's a perspective thing like you can't actually it's see where but it's, thing, also, but it's also it's not it's, just like a fucking optical listen illusion. to me like it's, so it's real it's not like like i when we get my daughter on to talk about elmo or elmo and grudgeland about, yeah um we'll have her also talk about the goofy Flight. Did she struggle. like it? No. Well, she loves roller coasters. Did she freak out? She was like, "That was the scariest ride in the history of the world." Wasn't <laughs> so she that? dealt with it better than me, and better than Kenny apparently. And better, like, no, that's... I just, I just, I'm, I just know it's the scariest ride ever made. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's, She's hundred percent right. Then there's another scary part. So the top is scary as shit. You think you're gonna die six times? <laughs> yeah. Then they do the classic roller coaster trick <laughs> of having you go straight. Into what looks like a pole that's going to decapitate you. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> and then digs you, then, then puts you down right before you get decapitated, and then it does it four more times. It is so even the worse. ride is basically we're going to throw you off the side of it. No, we're not. We're going to chop your head off. No, we're not. And, and Layla, I mean Layla, is looking to be like, well. My head won't get chopped really off. That's, that's what's even scarier is when this kid's ride and you're like, it's like I legitimately could get decapitated right now because maybe they didn't yes. think about someone yes. who's an adult I being on Goofy's flight school. It is. Oh my god! That's I, it, it, the thing is, like, the oh. thing is, like, if you I, haven't, I feel I've never felt more seen or attacked at the same time. Like, I feel this is like oh. if you've never been. And, and I gotta be honest, and Phil, you, I, I, I don't mean to call you out, and I'm not gonna be an asshole. I'm just, I just, right. you have to understand this. You, you don't know fear, you and have, you know nothing of it. If you haven't been on this ride, yeah, you must think. We're kind of joking. <laughs> no, that's we why I'm laughing. I'm laughing because joking. I trust that both of you are being it, honest in it, terms it, of like how it's too much. The, the decapitation, it's too much. What did me in was you think you're going to get decapitated and then it does it four, four more, more times. times. Yeah. Oh, that was I. Oh. It is this. It, it, I cannot believe. I cannot believe this. Well, well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast on <laughs> Goofy's flying lesson. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This was, this was terrible. Goofy's flying lesson. So uh, we usually rate the movies on this podcast. Oh, good. Uh, zero to 99. 99 being the highest, zero being the lowest. Ooh. You rate it. <clears throat> What you thought in 1999, so your grade of 0 to 99 in 1999, 
then a grade before this podcast and a grade after this podcast, as in, did the podcast in any way change your opinion? My guess is it didn't. My, Why do you think that? Well, <laughs> you seem pretty locked and loaded. But uh, so what did you what would you rank this film in the proximity of 99 that you saw it? So when I saw it in 99 on VHS as contraband. Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. Because of the danger of it all. Yeah. I, uh, I genuinely probably would have given it like a 95. <laughs> Let's say 95. Okay. And then before this podcast, uh, when did, did you rewatch it the other night or recently? I did, I yeah. did rewatch it recently and I still really, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I still have the same opinion of it that I had when I was 10. So I've, I've not 95? matured at all uh-huh. for the past 19 years. Uh-huh. I'm exactly who I was then. Uh-huh. So I'm going to say 95 still. Wow. So it's just, it's just 95 across the board. Yeah. I just feel like it's pretty solid. 95 and after this podcast, 96. Oh, oh. wow. It's gone up. Uh, I mean, it is no, her second favorite film of all time. I so, I mean, we can't expect it to be any less than a 95. Yeah. I mean, so she, Twister's a so thousand. So you've only seen a, a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> On a scale from zero to 99, it's a thousand. Twister's a thousand. That's all right. I got, I got a couple thousands out of 99. Oh my, oh my There's God. also a Twister ride at the Universal in Florida, but. Is it any good? For, oh my God. It's. I could talk about this for another 20 oh, minutes. It's, it's hilarious. They it, take you into actually, a soundstage. It's actually not great. Yeah. They take you into a soundstage. It doesn't stage, do the movie justice. And the soundstage kind of moves. Yeah. And there's like a flying cow and they set something on fire. Is it, it. It's, it's like, this. isn't it a, this is how we do it? Type yeah. Ride? And like Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt have like a self-guided video. Rest and like in peace. Bill Paxton's always like got his oh, hands yeah. in his pockets. And I he's know. like leaning up against Does things. anybody think it's possible oh, that Bill Pullman did it? He was like, enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I wasn't in Twister and I won't deal I with this anymore. just put it out there. We got two Bill Pullman movies this year in 99. Only two? I thought we had, oh, we're doing a Bill Pullman. Well, I don't know if we're doing it old Bill, but there's two of them. There's, yeah. there's uh, Broke Back, Broke Back, Broke Down Palace. Yeah. And uh, Blake Placid. I love Bill Pullman. Blake Placid is great. I don't mean yeah. to accuse him of murder that he may have committed. I love Bill Pullman. <laughs> He's I, great. I do. I, I like him more than Paxton. Uh, um, mm. Not a nice thing to say about the dad, but you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> what are you, what's your fucking right. rating so for this movie? So <laughs> did I, you see it in 99? I've never seen this movie before. Okay. Um, <laughs> I did visit the set in... Uh, in <clears throat> I know it's a weird thing. Weird humble brag. I know. I was at a. I was. It was an intern in uh, in London in uh, 1998, and they took us to the set of this at that. Wait a minute! You were an intern. Did you pour the sand? Yeah, I was like a. <laughs> were you the guy? <laughs> You're like laughing over it, but secretly crying. <laughs> no. You're like, ah, good it was job. me. Hilarious guys. <laughs> um, no, it was like this program, and they took us on the set. It was it's, it was cool, okay. but I uh, I never saw the movie. Right. I would give the sets a <clears throat> 65. Well, wow, that's were, low. Okay, hard to impress that back was for in the, the sets. day. Just for the sets. I understand. Yeah. Uh, the, the sets are good. Um, I Pre-podcast. Get, I'm going to do something I don't rarely do on this podcast. Don't rarely do? Yeah. Okay. Don't shoot. So you do it all the time. Yeah. I'm going to do something I do. <laughs> oh, man. We'll fix it there in is, post. There, <laughs> come on, Goofy. Get it together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do something I don't often do on this podcast. All right. Uh, <clears throat> I'm giving it the same raid. Before and after, yeah. Wow. Um, it just was that kind of podcast. <laughs> no, uh, but I feel, I feel bad because I feel like I feel like Keely and I connected on so many things, but not the rating of this movie. <laughs> uh, this is a forty-one for me. And Whoa. it remains a forty-one for me. You wouldn't recommend this. movie. I don't think it's a good movie. Um, I don't. I don't think it's a good movie. What can I say? I, I, I put it on. I put on my thing. Like it's a gentleman's forty-one. <clears throat> I, I think it's a like gentleman's a gentleman's forty-one. 41. Doesn't? Would you recommend this movie to other people? The forty-one but, uh, is wearing a cravat. But. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and a monocle. But uh, yes, that's right. <laughs> the, the, the four is wearing the cravat. Yeah. The one is wearing the monocle. Yeah. Um, I. It's a male. It's a couple. Um, <laughs> yes, I, we understood. My argument is simply the, the, the for the gentleman's forty-one. Is I understand why someone would like it, and like mm-hmm. I said at the top of the podcast, not my kind of movie. But I think. I made the argument over the course of this that I think it's a pretty well done movie within the context of what it was trying to do. Just not for me. Phil? Uh, Back in 99, I probably would have given it a 60, I'd say. I liked it. Let's say 65. I thought it was, I liked it. Didn't really change my world. Never really, I clearly didn't watch it again. Uh, Watched it the other night or the other day. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was super fun. I think it's probably still a 65 though. Like I, I can't say that it was a movie that I was like, Oh, I totally get this. Uh, and I would say that this podcast actually made me enjoy it more. That's I'd cool. say that I probably give it like a 68 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a, I think it's a fun, good movie. I would absolutely recommend people watch it. I think that if you have kids, especially like, I think it's a, m- a movie that, you could watch with your kids. Did you? I'm assuming you didn't watch it with oh, yours. No, because I'm too I'm scared. Like, I'm like Haley's parents. I would never <laughs> let them watch never. this ever. But he will no. take them on horrifying death trap roller coasters. <laughs> yeah, like seriously. Goofy's Apparently. flight school. That's right. You had no idea. <laughs> um, that's that's just the kind of dad I am. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I I would let them watch this for sure in like four or five years. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I would say that you know I think that it's I get why people love this movie and I and I'm not trying to deride that. With the rating. So no, you a, gave it a you know, good rating. <clears throat> so. That's a good rating. Now, one more zero to 99. Um, the Anywhere But Here podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Oh, yeah. great. Thank there you. you. Go. That's I all. really, really, really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I, Rochelle I, was great. 95. Rochelle was great. I yeah. like her a lot in general. Yeah. Yeah, and awesome. she, I thought she made a lot of really good points about. She turned us around on oh, that movie. Yeah, like that mother-daughter nobody, yeah. stories. I was totally and, kidding. We don't really have to do this. But I would love to hear Keely's thoughts on next week's film. Oh yeah, we are going to do, um, or you know, not do, but I guess we're going to air uh, our episode on Drop Dead Gorgeous mm-hmm. with um, Jarrett Weisselman, who was uh, a reporter for BuzzFeed and now is working over at Netflix. Uh, really great episode. It's my favorite. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, honest to God, I, I really think it's my. It was my favorite podcast experience because I love Jarrett. Yeah, he was amazing, and I also love the movie. And, yeah, and I had uh, never seen the movie. Neither had I. Yeah, it was it was definitely a. Uh, I didn't really know what to expect. Hard to find that movie. Had to buy a DVD on Amazon to see it. True, me too. Uh, no, it's I not available. Or, I've already yours. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, uh, unable to see it anywhere. Really had no idea what I was Which walking is into. Insane. Yeah, in this day and age, that's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. The, the garbage we've seen <laughs> this year. Show factor and a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, like it's not, hidden. Yep. Not to give it away, but a fucking masterpiece. masterpiece. Yeah. Like Drop Dead Gorgeous is hidden. And um, Jarrett was also like just. A tremendous guest, like just a guy who loved the movie and was just able to sort of articulate. It was just, it was, it was, it was a tremendous episode. I thought, yeah, I really, it's, um, it's, it's to me, it's a platonic ideal of podcasts like it's 1999. Indeed, indeed. So, uh, next week, Drop Dead Gorgeous with Jared Weisselman. Um, what's your Twitter handle so that people can, uh, can follow you? Oh, I feel so lame doing this because my Why? name is hard to spell. So my handle is just my first and last name. It's K E E L Y F as in Frank L A H E R T Y. Like Joe Flaherty. Or you, I could say that. I could say that. 
He's pretty famous. Most yeah. most of the people who live. He's not as famous as you, but you know. No, definitely not as famous. No, I, I actually uh, think that's true. Um, Joss Whedon is liking her tweets. No, I mean, my, he doesn't. I'm, I'm not even he, kidding. It's, oh, the, I can't. He, oh, the, he he has, the Whedonification of he, your Twitter account? He's liked a couple of my tweets. You don't understand. The day that he followed me yeah. is like, it's almost as formative as the time I rode the Goofy ride. Like, almost as formative. Phil, who's the biggest person ever liked one of your tweets? Nico Case. Oh, that's, oh, that's cool. really cool. I'll tell you mine. Hunter Covington. <laughs> Guys, it was, uh, it was amazing. I am PM Iscove uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. We have a pod, uh, fucking Twitter handle for this podcast. Podcast like 1999. Kenny's at Nybart. Mm-hmm. Please rate Hunter Covington is, I believe, at Hunter Covington. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, something like that. Joss Whedon is just Joss Whedon. Yeah, it's W H E D O N. I thought I thought it would just be at Joss. I feel like he. Oh, just, is it? I think it Ooh. might be. You think he was the first Josh? I Joss. feel like it's just at Joss. I could be wrong. I love people. But who no, are just she's at quickly something. looking it up just to see if it's true. Just, uh, just looking the people who liked your last. Tweet. Yeah, just be like. Oh, uh, she's like sorry, sixteen hundred people liked my last. Please tweet. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, go on the Goofy ride, tell us your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, it's just it, Joss. It is, yeah. Is it just Joss? It is. Wow. Yeah, you got and it. not just Joss. It's ju- it's at, at Joss. Joss. Yeah, it's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.